Katie Lambeski, Lucy Watkin, Matt Cox with you in commentary this afternoon. The umpire is about to get us underway. It's first V5. And a fairly neutral tap went straight into the hands of Chloe Malloy. High ball inside, attacking 50 over the back of the contest. Chasing after it was Hogan. Ball bouncing around inside, attacking 50. Colvin, did she get one high? No, going the other way. No, it is Colvin. The umpire just waving arms like a windmill down in that pocket. It is a Darabin free kick. We'll chip it down along the boundary line. Very wide. We're searching for Guerin. But it just got pushed out on the full. A free kick will go the way of Collingwood. Coming in to take the kick will be Jasmine Ferguson, the 23rd player lining up for Collingwood this afternoon. We'll chip the kick in board. Coming late, impacting the contest there was Exxon, who is in the side after being named as an emergency. So a late change for Darabin. Ball at half forward for Collingwood. The umpire comes in and says, give it to me, I will ball it up. A minute into the opening term here on RSN Carnival. No score either side. Eliza Hines in the ruck gets it out straight away to the Collingwood player. Aliso Day just dumps the Collingwood player off the ball. It's Emma Grant and she will take the free kick in the um, left half forward. About 55 from goal. She puts it straight in top of the hot spot, but it will be marked in the pocket by the Darabin player going back and she's going to look to switch the play takes off it's Meg McDonald she kicks it off it looks like it's gone over to the wing and it will be thrown in just like a duck to water there first time too Lucy easy, on too play easy. by play and she's already making me look silly Katie <laughs> uh, yeah awesome stuff from Collingwood so far and awesome stuff from Lucy new so far Matt so awesome start to this first goal is important Ball tossed back into play. Chloe Malloy roving it, got dispossessed. The umpire calls play on. Darabin hurried kick away. Jeez, it went about 14.5 metres there to be a kick to Tyndall. The skipper pushes it wide. Ball up against the boundary line on the outer side. Darabin pigeonholed on defensive 50 at the moment. O'Day's kick up along the line hit the shin out there of Ferguson. And it goes over the boundary line and out of play. We'll throw it in between centre wing and half forward out of sight. Two and a half minutes into the opening term here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. See, boundary umpire just settles himself. Throws it back into play. Hines won it into the hands of Chloe Malloy. That's the third time that's happened. The kick smothered. Good pressure from Darabin. Exxon head over the footy. is all wrapped up. And the umpire letting it go. Now says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Between centre wing and half forward on the outer side for the Pies. It'll be Hines and Pierce in the ruck again. Hines again with the tap out. Chloe Malloy again roving it down. But she was pushed. Yes, she was pushed in the back by Nat Exxon. The late in. Eyes darting down on the centre wing. It's going to be 50. Oh, 50, yeah. Oh, but she's being called oh. 50. Protected area? Would you say that one? I think it might have been. Couldn't see anything else after that. Uh, Highly debatable rule at the moment, the protected area. Definitely, definitely in both both men and women's footy. Collingwood looking really strong, particularly in the centre, dominating from the centre. Lysa Hines giving them first use and so far making the most of it. Chloe Malloy, she's just inside the 50, about a 45 degree angle and she's going to take the shot. Walking into goal now. She strikes the ball beautifully and right through the goals for Collingwood's first goal of the game. First women's goal for Victoria on Victoria Park for Collingwood. And Collingwood with the ascendancy early. 
Nice piece of history made there by Chloe Malloy. Made no mistake at all with the kick. Never in doubt, really, with that, with her skill level. Collingwood, more importantly, getting the reward for getting the reward for their good work so far, and they're going to want another one pretty quickly just to try to get full use of this. But very positive signs for Penny Cooler Reed's team. Is that a dollar one favourite there, Chloe Malloy? First goal for a Collingwood women's side of Victoria Park. I think so. <laughs> very strong odds. Anything she can't do. Ball back in the middle. She's hovering here again, Chloe Malloy. Lauren Pierce did well to trap it in. Hurried kick, spiralling on the boot. Simpson sitting underneath it for Darabin's court by Lambert. Umpire says play on. Exxon, her kick smothered. Good pressure bomb, Collingwood. And now great pressure by Darabin. Ball now in the hands of Edwards. Scrubber kick along the carpet. I think it's hit Simpson in the uh, face in the middle of Victoria Park. She's in a bit of trouble, hunched over. The umpire... Meanwhile, calls for a ball up on the outer side of the centre circle. Back to her feet now, Simpson. Ball to the deck. Darcy coming through is wrapped up for Collingwood and we will get another stoppage still in the middle of Victoria Park. One straight six, Collingwood. Darabin yet to score. Five minutes into the opening term here on RSN Carnival. Lauren Pierce up and under handball away from the contest. Again, good pressure from the Falcons to try and hold things up. Lambert was dispossessed. O'Day coming through. Hot handball out to Lauren Pierce. First, let's look at the top of the 50-metre arc, searching for Astor O'Connor. As Darcy on her hammer, she's stripped of the ball. The umpire calls play on. And now they're taken into the turf. The umpire says, give it to me. I will ball it up. Half forward flank on the outer side. Darabin attacking for the first time this afternoon. Eliza Hines gets up, wins the tap, but it goes the way of Malloy again, just on the half-back flank. She's in pursuit from Elise O'Day. She kicks the wing, and Lauren Pierce on the centre wing intercepts for Darabin. She looks to go inboard, and she finds Coleman, I think that one is. She moves back on the centre wing and decides to go short again, finds Elise O'Day just outside the 50 on the half-forward for Darabin. She sends it long inside 50, over through hands, umpire plays play on. Lambert mops it up, goes back out, short. Chloe Malloy on the half back flank. She takes it back, looks to go down the line for Rick Collingwood, but it's once again picked off by the Darabin player in Guerin. She goes inboard again, but Darcy, safe hands every day of the week, intercepts it for Collingwood. She switches the play back out to the half back flank for Collingwood, and they're going. Again, down the line, finds Hines. Great contested mark there. Eyes darting. Goes short again. Oh, but Chloe Malloy, the mark was spoiled. And Marsh, oh, sorry, Ferguson, 23rd player, all wrapped up. And so the umpire will say, ball up. Approaching seven minutes into the opening term, Hines... Got first use of it, but was stripped in the end by Guerin coming through the Darabin ball at half forward. They're just trying to pressure it forward at the moment, the Falcons. Court again, ball spills free. Lauren Pierce, geez, she's been impressive early for the Falcons. High kick inside, attacking 50, juggling it is Ferguson. Also impressive so far for Collingwood as the 23rd player. Ball off hands, Melanda, high up and under kick towards the centre wing on the outer side. Collingwood in front spot will get first use of it. Over the top, they've got a player out wide. Taking it on the half volley here is Biden wing Webster. Goes inside, attacking 50. Falcons front spot. Oh, and an injury there for Hogan. She's limping and in a world of hurt. McIntosh picks it up, puts it through. Much better play from Collingwood there to go long to try and turn the Durban defence 
put them on put them on the, the the back foot they did just that went long rather than going short as they were on the far side there so another important goal for Collingwood really quick transition and they get their goal as a result let's hope Siobhan Hogan's okay doesn't look great at all still on the deck and hasn't really moved she's only squirming in pain at the moment was holding her lower leg ankle the moment she landed she couldn't keep going just hopped off it was a straight limp yeah so the ball back in the middle now might have to stop the game here and I think we're playing time on yeah calling yeah, the umpires yeah. called it, so we will have an extended period of time here at Victoria Park. Siobhan Hogan in a world of hurt for the Darabin Falcons. Uh, one of their veterans, one of their more experienced players in the side. Uh, doesn't look good for her, Katie Lepeski. Yeah, as you say, one of the more reliable, dependable players. That's a huge loss so early in the game. She's up and walking on it, so it's positive signs at least, but you have to think her day is done. But Fingers crossed it isn't as bad as it looked. Hard to tell, Lucy, whether it was a knee or ankle. Mm. She was running, she was in the contest and then just pulled up and started. Mm. It was sort of the moment she landed and, yeah, as you said, she just pulled up immediately, sort of hopped off. But the thing that was sort of scary about it was she sort of did one hop and then just went straight to ground. Uh, Couldn't put any weight on it. But as we said, she is walking off the ground now. So hopefully that means she may make an appearance. But as Katie said, I think she might be done for the day. So one down already for Darabin, which will be puts them again on the back foot. And they were doing a lot of hard work, Katie, around half forward. But yep. unable to capitalise on that opportunity. And Collingwood just went virtually coast to coast. Yeah, they had it They had it in their forward half. They had pretty accurate kicks going forward. But just Collingwood forced... Able to force a turnover, hang tight in their back half. And then get them on the back end. going, And then push them on the back foot. Really good goal in transition, quite speedy. Really impressed by Collingwood so far. They seem to be a really well-rounded outfit. So we'll get things yep. back underway. We've lost about two minutes roughly here at Victoria Park. Round nine of the Swiss Wellness VFL women's action. Darabin through Siobhan Hogan's just coming off the ground. Coming on there is Hibbert. Ball back underway in the middle, Lucy. Yes, back on the way. You almost think the Durban players are taken in the back, but Emma Grant roves it, puts it straight on the boot and wins the clearance. It's picked up by Tyndall for Darabin. She gets it out and the kick goes to the wing. Great mark by Astro Connor in pursuit by Dar- She goes to play on and the kick is smothered by Emma Grant. That's some great pressure there. Lambert grabs it. Bucken on the wing. Kicks it long. <sighs> Great effort there from the Collingwood player to affect the spoil on the player, and it's wrapped straight up by uh, ooh, 71. But uh, <laughs> umpire says we'll ball up. <laughs> Just another, another the for the producer to go searching <laughs> <Oops>. after. <laughs> we got a high free kick here on the Darabin player. Goes short inboard to O'Connor, who thumps it long. To Hammond. She spoiled, hits the ground, ball hits the deck. Darcy in pursuit, can't get clean hands, but she gets it out to Marsh on the back forward. She's running, 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 searching, finds a handball in Courtman, but she's wrapped up. She gets it out eventually, and it's picked up again by Marsh. She overruns the footy, and we've got a holding the ball, which will go the way of Elise O'Day, always putting on plenty of pressure, Elise O'Day. And she f- looks for the target in Pierce. Can't. Oh. Oh, but she ends up one, two, three. Bites the char- cherry. Gets the mark of Sarah Darcy, 
who has been playing that sort of loose player back in defence for Collingwood. But we've got uh, Lauren Pierce now taking her shot directly in front, 20 metres out, you would say. She's moving in now. Kick off the boot, and it's just faded away to the right. So first score for the Darabin Falcons are behind, and we've got Collingwood two straight 12 to, Col- to Darabin, one behind RSN Carnival, round nine VFW Swiss Wellness. Collingwood versus Darabin at Victoria Park. Lambert chip kick inboard, searching for Hales there for Collingwood. They just muddled that up, Katie Lambeski. Yeah, um, their forward pressure is really notable, Darabin, really putting Collingwood under pressure, not giving them much space at all when they get the ball forward. So got to keep at it. That's where Collingwood have to go along with the kick out. Don't fiddle around with it. Try to get it as far up as you can. And it is a knee concern, we've been told, for Siobhan Hogan. So not a great result as the umpires picked out a free kick. We'll go the way of Collingwood. And it will go the way of Sarah King, another tall king in the side. Well, I was going to say for Collingwood, <laughs> but she's now at North Melbourne, so never mind that. Ball centre-half forward for the Darabin Falcons. Elise Day hovering over it, applies the tackle. Laying on one on there was Emma Grant as well. We'll get a ball up, centre-half forward for the Darabin Falcons. We're 13 minutes into the opening term. We've had about two minutes of extra time due to the Hogan injury. Ball off hands there for Grubb for the Magpies. Goes in towards the middle. Dispossessed was Rowe. Running away from the contest. The Collingwood Football Club go towards half forward. McIntosh applying the pressure there on Brooke Patterson. Got it across to McDonald, whose wide kick takes one bounce. Jeez. By millimetres, I think oh. that was. Jeez. Straight right on the boundary line, that one. Boundary umpire right on the spot as well. We'll throw it in between centre wing and half forward broadcast side for Collingwood. They're two straight 12. Darabin, one behind. Boundary umpire just getting his warm-up. Ooh, perfect throw in there from the boundary umpire. King, but it's O'Connor who wins the tap down. Grant plies the pump, gets the clearance. Chloe Malloy and Guerin will chase after it. And Malloy gets it. Quick hands off to the Collingwood player. But it's taken out of bounds and we'll have another boundary throw. Oh, we've given away a free kick here. Yeah, throw. Oh, throw. Interesting call. Very, very. (laughs) Darabin goes inboard to Ast O'Connor on the half back, right on the paint of the 50 line there. She's gesturing for players to give her something, but she decides to go back towards the boundary line. Mark taken. She's going to go up towards the wing, but it's just all Collingwood. It comes off the hands of Malloy. Grant can't take the mark. Whitford, kick is smothered. Darabin out to O'Day, but she's pulled off the ball. Can't get the kick off Whitford again. She gets it. It's just Strumble. Oh, great pick up there from Jamie Lambert. Just one hand straight off the ground to Malloy. Malloy's handball intercepted, but it's back to Malloy. She turns out of the tackle. She's stripped of it and will have a boundary throw in. Yeah, well, geez, really, really hot period of play. They're really contested. I think Collingwood's on the better of the two using the ball when they do have it. Darabin, not quite as much. This is where the loss of Mountie might be a little bit tight to have that tall, straightening presence. Really missing that at the moment. Boundary throw in, centre wing, O'Day out the back, has Grubb to deal with, who went straight over the top of it. The umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Centre wing, broadcast side, Collingwood, two straight, 12. 
Darabin just the minor score on the board. 15 and a half minutes into the opening term here on RSN Carnival. Exxon takes Chloe Malloy into the turf. Her action, though, just meant she pushed her in the back. And she'll get a free kick between centre wing and half forward. Few words exchanged by the look of things between the Brisbane Lions player and the Collingwood AFLW player. The Malloy's kick, not the greatest, over the boundary line and out of play in the hands of Chloe Leighton. We will throw it in, half forward flank broadcast side. Collingwood kicking to the Yarra River or Yarra Bend end of Victoria Park in this opening term, which will go for an extra two minutes roughly due to the Hogan injury earlier in the term. Malloy dispossessed, ball at half forward bouncing there. Gardner had Exxon in support, up and under kick, was searching for Nicole Callanan at half back takes on a couple, got the handball across to O'Connor, to O'Day, a couple of the stars linking up here for the Darabin Falcons. Exxon up against the boundary line, pops it over the top, was searching here for Hammond Receives the footy. High ball in the Lauren Pierce direction. Juggling it again. Does she bring it in? The umpire says no. Play on. Didn't take it cleanly. Darabin have a free, free player over the top. It's Honeybun. Runs into an open goal square. Puts it through for the Darabin Falcons first. Big goal for the Falcons. Got Collingwood on the back foot. Got the quick clearance and just pushed forward. Lauren Pierce, as well being that presence that they needed, really, really held up the play well. Took the mark and then played forward. Fantastic goal for uh, Collingwood. Badly needed one at that. Put in a lot of effort so far. And now they've got, got something to show for it to take into the second quarter as the first, half, as the first quarter here draws t- to a close. Quickly around yep. the grounds. Four straight 24 the Western Bulldogs. Melbourne Uni yet to score. Bailey Hunt, Brooke Lachlan, Ellie Blackburn, Deanna Berry. The goal kickers so far, Lucy. And at Victoria Park, Hines wins a tap down. It's Exxon who gets the clearance. Diving mark couldn't be taken, but it's picked off by Melanda. Couldn't get it off, but Grant, she gets the ball moving. McDonald in pursuit, can't quite get there. Darabin win the ball in the centre of the ground. Kick comes off, great mark. Plays on very quickly, finds Aliso Day just at the 50 for Darabin. She's hassled, but gets the hands off, finds Grubb, who goes back to Darcy, scrubs the kick to Whitford, back to Darcy. She's dispossessed. Darabin, get the ball out. Quick hands from O'Connor, searching for O'Day, and O'Day will get the free kick for a high tackle. About 50, 50 out, right in front, goes for the option. They're looking for Pierce a lot here, Darabin, in the forward 50, but the intercept mark was taken by Slicer. She goes out towards the broadcast wing, searching for Marsh. Kick goes through her hands, but Stratton's there to mop it up. She's taken by Honeybun. Malloy can't grab it. Tapped out of the pack. Malloy puts the shepherd on. Grant quite can't get it. Honeybun keeps trying to grab at the football. Can't quite get it. Kick smothered. Hines mops up on the halfback flank. Scrubs the kick just out of reach of Astro O'Connor. McDonald gets the hand pass off. Edwards for Collingwood. Taps it out. Intercept. And we've got Honeybun sliding in again on the broadcast wing. And the umpire will give holding the ball, obviously, because she slid in over the ball and didn't make a realistic attempt to get it out. The free kick will go the way of Marsh on the broadcast wing. So 19 minutes into the opening term, Collingwood... In control at the moment, two straight 12, 117. The Darabin Falcons through Meg McDonald take the mark. Halfback flank broadcast side for Darabin. 
just done well to hold the pressure. All the, not well that time around. Collingwood were able to get the smother. Meg McDonald mopping up, up and under kick. High ball towards half forward. Dieta coming through. She was infringed in the marking contest. So gets the free kick. Gives the quick handball off to Astro Connor. High ball inside attacking 50 for Darabin. Mark at the back though taken by Sarah Darcy. Too strong over the top there of Georgia Hammond. As the siren sounds here at Victoria Park to conclude the opening term. Two straight 12 the Collingwood Football Club, 117, the Darabin Falcons. Lucy, who's kicked our goals so far this afternoon? We have Chloe Malloy, who kicked the first ever goal in a women's game at Victoria Park for uh, Collingwood. She opened the scoring, followed by Cecilia McIntosh. She mopped up after the Darabin player went down with injury, and Esther Honeyburn for Darabin uh, opened their account here at Victoria Park. So we've got Collingwood two straight 12 against 1-1-7 for Darabin. And definitely looks like Collingwood's in control of this game, though. They do, but you can just see this experience of Darabin yep. bubbling to the surface. Mick McDonald popping up. Uh, we also had Elise Day who's clunking marks, mm-hmm. driving them forward. Astor O'Connor's uh, linking up as well. So they're experienced players standing tall at the moment, Katie. Yeah, Lauren Pierce really also providing a, a great outlet, a great real focal point for them up forward as well. Really liking their pressure up forward, really not allowing Collingwood to get any real breathing room, to be honest. They're just right on them the second it, it hits the deck. So lots to, lots to focus on, with, I think, going forward for Darabin, but their pressure, I think, has them in good stead. Quarter time here at Victoria Park. Collingwood lead two straight 12. Darabin 117 as there's just a sprinkling of rain beginning to fall. We'll be back with a second term right after this on RSN Carnival. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. It's the heart of Craigieburn where you can play golf all day and dine seven days and nights. Where you can catch live music, have a punt at the tab, earn Sporty's reward points and watch every game of footy. Craigieburn Sporting Club, where it's always by the people, for the people. RSN 927 rolls out more more Victorian Trots news and more Victorian Greyhound news in our new 10am reports. 10am Tuesday, the week's Victorian Greyhound news in Off the Leash. Wednesday, the statewide Trots update, one out, one back. And Thursday, the ID18 update as Victoria welcomes back the Inter-Dominion. More Trots, more Doggies, part of RSN 927's new 10am reports. Catch them live or later on podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Maria from Sesame Street. And Elmer's Elmer. we're here to talk about driveways. Driveways can be dangerous for children. Or little red monsters. So it's important for parents to always watch their children around them. Yeah, driveways are for cars, not for playing. That's right, Elmo. Play only in safe places away from driveways because people in cars may not see you. Uh, Elmo sees you, Maria. Tag, you're it. Oh, here I come, Elmo. <laughs> Remember, driveways are like roads. Always supervise, separate, and see. Learn more at kidsafevic.com.au. You can talk with Father Gerard Dowling. Welcome to the Family Counselor Program. It's great to be with you wherever you are. We all need a helping hand. It's always great to come in here, spend these two hours with you as you listen. And a friendly voice is just a phone call away. Very on the line. Hi, Gerard. The Family Counselor Program. We all need someone to talk to. Sunday nights from 10. Heaven is a place on Earth. On RSN 927. Miami. 
Presented by Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Come and see the bigger, better Bayswater Jayco. Check the brilliant range of caravans and campers. New and pre-loved. There's finance to get you on the road. Repairs and service from the experts, including insurance work and an accessory shop with all the essentials, gadgets and extras. Bayswater Jayco really has got it all. All you have to think of is where to go. Bigger, better Bayswater Jayco. Canterbury Road, Bayswater. This is the BFL Women's Match of the Day. It is the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Match of the Day here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, the RSN Racing and Sport app and rsn.net.au. Collingwood at quarter time, two straight 12. Darabin, one one seven two scoring shots apiece in that opening quarter, Lucy. Yeah, two scoring shots. And as we said, we really Collingwood early, but we've got Darabin really coming back into the game smelling an upset here at Victoria Park but special comments Katie Lambeski how have you seen the game so far yeah sheer hard work from Darwin has got him back into it um, and they got a goal as a reward which is obviously the most important thing so but again Collingwood really really smooth unit but the more you put them under pressure the more you kind of put the put the brakes on that a little bit so massive three quarters left to go if that's, that's the first quarters any guide we've got a real treat on our hands yeah definitely Hopefully the rain will hold off at Victoria Park. There's a few oh, bit yeah. of a drizzle there before, but a bit of clear skies. Your old Jane Bunn impersonation's not fantastic. Oh. I'm looking at the grey skies to our south, which I reckon is the direction the wind is currently coming from. I'd love to have a look at the uh, weather radar. <laughs> putting our producer under a bit of pressure today. Yeah. But which it, is more of an impetus on either team, get a few goals before the rain comes in and it gets a bit scrappy and the ball's hard to handle. And, and I would have said, uh, and having seen that first term, I thought Darabin may have had the bigger bodies. Mm. They've only got one or two, so the, the advantage I thought they may have coming into today is not as great as what it was. Looking at the radar, a little bit there, not too much. Uh, so maybe we might be all right, just looking. And it is, the, it is coming from the southwest. So keep an eye on that as the day progresses. Sun currently out here at Victoria Park. As we get ready for the second term to get underway, the umpire's waiting for everyone to leave the field. Now the rain starts to come down and we've got sunshine. Work that out. Welcome to <laughs> Melbourne. Two straight 12, Collingwood. Darabin, one one seven To get us underway for the second term is Lucy Watkins. Umpire holds the ball up and we'll have the siren to signal the start of the second quarter. Ball goes up. It's Pierce versus Hines in the ruck. And Hines, almost uncontested in the ruck, gets it down to Stratton, who's dispossessed, gets and manages to get the ball back out to her. She gets the kick along the ground to Edwards. Quick hands off. No clear possession. Hines gets it back to Edwards, who paddles it in front of her. They've reached inside 50 now, surprisingly, but it's Meg McDonald over the top. Can't quite get it, and we'll have holding the ball against uh, Jessica Edwards uh, inside the Collingwood forward 50. Callanan will take the kick. She heads out wide, but it's met by Chrissy Stratton, who gets the ball directly back in 50. Callanan again, quick hands out towards the pocket. But Guerin mops up, kicks it straight into the centre, but to a Collingwood player who picks it up. She has a bit of time, kicks it directly back in. And it's Colvin for Darabin who will mop up inside 50. 
She brings it towards the broadcast side. It's a wobbly kick off the boot. Sitting there waiting for it was Ferguson. Just popped out of her hands. Exxon, oh, clean. Dancing her way through traffic. Almost took on the world. And then her kick was partially smothered. It's on the deck in dispute. Centre wing broadcast side. Elisa Day, like a machine, coming through the contest. Put the handball out into a bit of space. It's now all wrapped up. We'll get a ball up back inside the centre square here at Victoria Park. Hot footy early in the second term. Two straight 12, Collingwood. 1-1-7, the Darabin Falcons. In the air, Pierce wins the tap down. Malloy chasing after it. Exxon on her hammer. O'Day now coming through for Darabin. Pops it out into a bit of space on the broadcast side. Dispossessed was Maddie Guerin. Got it across, though, to O'Day just in time. Her kick not the greatest. And Jam... Jamie Lambert will take the mark between centre wing and half back for the Pies. Lambert taking her time, looking on. Called to play on. Oh, dodges the player on the mark and kicks it straight up the wing. Looking for Hines. Can't take the mark. Pierce searching for it on the ground. Big hit O'Day. Directly out. Quick hands. Oh, Colvin strips the tackler. Gets it off to Guerin who kicks it straight into the centre. Collingwood player cannot take the mark. But Darcy will mop up and kick it straight up the middle. Searching for Grubb, can't take the mark, but ends up with it anyway. Gets rid of her player, gets it back to Whitford. She'll kick it straight into the 50, looking for McIntosh. Can't get it from behind. King, defensively back to Grubb, who's dispossessed. It's picked up by the Durban player, who heads out to the wing. Malloy and Exxon chasing, very much enjoying their battle so far early in the term. She don't argues Malloy and just gets the kick off before she's tackled. But the pressure leaves her to give it to Lambert who runs off and plays on kick not the greatest and we'll have oh you would almost say that was holding the ball by Kate Tyndall but she's all wrapped up and the umpire will say that is mine have a ball up just on the edge of the centre square boundary side absolute red hot contest going on here as the ruck goes up does. <laughs> <laughs> Katie Lambeski getting it. I'll just take a back seat. Oh, hey. Kicked out on the fall there from Jamie Lambert. Hotly contested footy here in the middle, Katie Lambeski. Absolutely, absolutely. Picked up, picking up where they left off, essentially. Lots of hard work being put in. Not, it's a bit of an armrest at the moment. Nice side being able to really get much going forward. Really, really evenly matched team so far. O'Day put the kick towards half forward, bounced off the knee of, or just above the knee of Astor O'Connor, and will get a boundary throw in between centre wing and half forward broadcast side for the Darabin Falcons. Hines and Pierce, Hines front spot, won the tap into the hands of Stratton, worked her way through traffic as a free player at centre half back, has a couple of them. Slicer bursting through, kicks it straight up the corridor, searching for Jones, who's taken it half forward. Looping handball over the top. Biden wing Webster wheels her way off the contest. Chip kick inside attacking 50 goes nowhere for Collingwood. Callanan takes the mark in defensive 50. Pops it over the top to Elise O'Day. Halfback flank on the broadcast side. O'Day chips the ball inboard. Matty Guerin plays on. High ball just over the head of Georgia Hammond at half forward. Opportunity here for Collingwood. Schleiser over a Rannett. Simpson now for Darabin. Gets it across to Guerin. Runs to 50. High ball, top of the goal square. Exxon flew. Ball comes to ground. Lambert, hot handball over the top. Searching for Grubb. Clearing kick for Collingwood towards halfback. And a mark will be taken here by Buchan. She takes it on the wing just where the 
the paint for the 50 is. She plays on. She takes it long, and oh, Lauren Pierce almost with the strong mark hits the deck, plays all over the ball, but it gets into the hands of Pierce again, and she's taken high, so she'll take the free kick. Broadcast side, oh, Elise O'Day trying to run off with the footy and play on, but Why unfortunately, does that surprise us? yes, <laughs> trying to bring that experience in. But Lauren Pierce goes short, but it's an awful kick straight to the Collingwood defender. Maddie Gurn gave a bit of attention on the way through, but she goes back at towards the wing Bucken, who takes the line right on the boundary line. She looks inboard and goes short towards Darcy, who'll take the mark on the wing. She's searching. This is what Collingwood do so well. They hold the ball up, short kicks and marks, but her kick not the greatest, and it's cut off by Gabrielle Colvin just on the edge of the centre square. She'll go inboard. Whitford cut it off for Collingwood. Great contest. Can't pick it up. Collingwood player gets the hands out to Guerin. Quick hands to Callanan. They've worked their way over to the opposite side of the ground. She kicks it to the to the half-forward flank, but it's picked up by Schleicher. She'll bring it straight in. Find Grubb on the half-back flank. She goes wide, finds Edwards. Another mark for Collingwood. Plays on, gets the hands off to Stratton, who drops it. Manages to keep the ball in play. Sends it forward, but it's a bad kick. And you'd almost say the Darabin player there was taken high, but the umpire says that's not going anywhere. We'll have a ball up. Six and a half minutes into the second term here at Victoria Park. RSN Carnival Digital Radio, the RSN Racing and Sport app, and rsn.net.au is where you can listen to us. Tyndall pops it over the top for Darabin, or dropping it before she had it there was Normington Dickens for Darabin did well to cause a contest on the centre wing O'Connor now arrives for support chip kick over the top hits up Gearin centre wing out of side for Darabin she'll put it over the top was searching again for Normington Dickens just through her hands Lambert spiralling kick was slung after she took the kick Collingwood will get a kick downfield on the centre wing out of side they lead two straight 12. Darabin 117. There's been no score added since quarter time. Lauren Pierce takes the mark at half back for the Darabin Falcons. Searches for options. Long, booming kick in the direction of Simpson. Darcy front spot calls the contest. Darabin, though, with numbers out the back is Nat Exxon. Look to give off the handball. Now does. They work it backwards. Hammond's kick smothered by Lambert. Well done from Jamie Lambert to keep the pressure. Taken into the turf now by Georgia Ham- Hammond. Somehow Collingwood managed to get a handball away. Not to their advantage. Darabin deep inside attacking 50 on the outer side. Collingwood with numbers to repel. Emma Grant up along the boundary line. It's very close on that outer side. Collingwood able to take the mark through Hillary Grub. Grubb. Grub looking to go down towards the wing but the strong mark taken by Lauren Pierce for Darabin she looks to go inboard but changes her mind, the kick not a great one and it finds Emma Grant in the back 50 for Collingwood, she switches play, goes wide over the head of Elise Cortman for Collingwood but she manages to get it goes long down the wing and Malloy who was just coming off the interchanges bench has saved that ball from being out in the boundary Great chess mark. Chips it over the top to McIntosh, who could not take the diving mark. And so we'll have a boundary throw in right where the interchange benches are. The wind's starting to wreak a bit of havoc at the moment with the kicks. Real swirly breeze, so it's making it hard to kind of hit targets. 
but it's a real chess game. It's a real uh, it's a real arm wrestle here at the moment as well. Neither side being able to establish a dominance. Darabin, some better footy from Darabin, but Collingwood hanging in there. Just around the grounds at Tin Alley, 5-2-32. The Western Bulldogs still leading Melbourne University 1-1-7 at least. Lucy, your muggers are on the scoreboard. Yep, finally. <laughs> but Malloy, she gets the free kick for holding at the stoppage. <laughs> Goes short. Astro Connor almost with the punch in the back of Grant's head trying to spoil. Grant gets the, oh, ducked her head but didn't get the high tackle. Grub goes in forward 50. McIntosh almost with the mark. Hines picks it up on the 50 for Collingwood. She goes long. Meg McDonald spoils Collingwood player. And she mops it up, gets the hands back, and will Darabin getting themselves out of trouble there. Mark not taken. McIntosh, quick spin in the pocket. Callanan can't quite get it, and she's brought to the turf. And the umpire will say, that will be mine. Collingwood, two straight 12, playing at Darabin, 1-1-7, 10 minutes into the second quarter. Here on RSN Carnival, O'Connor whacks it forward for the Darabin Falcons into the hands of Rowe. Up and under kick to get it outside a defensive 50. Matty Wilson got it to Guerin, who's stripped of the ball. Collingwood will get a free kick. Half forward flank on the broadcast side. Taking it here is Grace Buchan, who is lining up to go the wrong way. Whoops. You haven't got a Darabin jumper on there, uh, Buchan. Got a handball across to Chloe Malloy, who goes inside attacking 50 with the kick. Ball off hands. Collingwood with the numbers. Hurry kick from Grubb. Goes to Callanan, who's clearing kick. Will go over the boundary line and out of play in front of Maddie Wilson for Darabin. And it's a hotly contested footy at the moment, Katie Lambeski. Very intriguing, particularly with this wind picking up. It's going to make things a little bit more tougher. Might place It's just a swirling breeze. It's not favouring either side too much, really, but making for a really intriguing contest out there. Very tough effort being placed by, as well by both teams. Hines with the tap, can only get it so far as the Darabin player spins, puts it out, and Lambert will take the mark on the broadcast wing. She goes short, looking for Buchan. She gets it on the half volley. Great pickup. Kicks in board, looking for Grant. But it'll be picked up by Chloe Layton. Paddles it to herself, but she's got three Darabin players to try and get past. Wilson with the kick. Oh, bit of friendly fire from Darabin there on the wing. Kick gets taken off in pursuit by Normington Dickens. She can't quite get there. Slicer ends up with the football. Goes inboard with the kick. Mark not taken. Ball hotly contested now. Paddled out to Darcy. She goes to ground. Ball goes to ground. Elise O'Day runs over it. Collingwood get the Campbell out to Bucken. And now almost could have said the ball was held up there, but it's gone over the boundary line and we'll have a boundary throw in just on the half-back flank for Collingwood broadcast wing. The dulcet tones there of Lucy Watkin, joined by Katie Lambeski today in the commentary box. Thrown back into play, Astor O'Connor straight to Guerin. Out the back. Oh, Edwards did well there. The skipper for Collingwood at centre-half back has a paddock to run into. Lex knocked to bounce the ball. It was a grubber kick into the wards the middle. May have turned this over. Darabin holding it up taken into the turf there is Rowe will get a ball up in fact it was Eloise Gardner in the centre of Victoria Park 
It was able to cut that off for the Falcons. Tap straight into the hands of Stratton as clean as anything goes inside attacking 50. Callan and unable to get there to take the mark was composed enough to gather. Got it to Gardner who's taken into the turf. The umpire says play on. Meg McDonald's spun out as well. Ball between centre wing and half forward on the outer side. The umpire's going to say holding the footy. And a free kick will go the way of the Darabin Falcons. Bynum wing Webster there, the one getting caught. Free kick to go the way of Brooke Patterson on half back. The Darabin high kick. Chloe Malloy sitting underneath it will take the mark. They're marking everything at the moment across the centre of the ground. Collingwood unable to let Darabin go any further than that. Chloe Malloy takes it on, sells oh. a bit of candy. Wobbly ball inside attacking 50. Bounced over the head of Cecilia McIntosh. Callanan handballed it into no man's land. The Falcons players not sure what to do with it. Eventually they get it to Meg McDonald. Hurry kick on the boot. Ball at half back. Aliso Day puts it over the top. Patterson on half back under pressure. Puts the kick in the direction of O'Connor who spalled her teammate who went for the ball at the same time. Collingwood out the back of the pack will take it here through Marsh. Goes inside attacking 50. McIntosh fell at her shins. Keeps it in front of herself. Fires the handball out. She was searching there for Leighton. Ball still at half forward. McIntosh working overtime. Puts the handball back into a bit of space for Collingwood. Bouncing ball. Malloy firing the handball out. Darcy hovering. Ball still half forward out of side. Sarah Darcy working her way around the back of the pack. Looked for McIntosh. Ball dribbling over the boundary line and finally out of play. We'll throw it in 14 and a half minutes into the second term here on RSN Carnival. Collingwood leading two straight 12. It is Darabin 117, Katie Lambeski. Yeah, Darabin really needs to hold tight here. Last stoppage, last few seconds of this half. Collingwood will want to try fashion something out of it just to try hack something out of the stoppage. Here it is. King gets the punch down, looking for Grant. She can't quite take it. Aliso Day pops it on the boot and it will be a throw-in. Must have been tight there for the boundary umpire. Almost out on the full. But we'll have the throw-in now on the half-forward flank for Collingwood. Outer wing. Boundary umpire. Really want to perfect their throws today in the winch. Takes his time, gets it in. King and Pierce meet in the ruck. Falls to the feet of Pierce. She gets it out, but only as far as Stratton, who puts it straight in. Callanan sockers it off the deck to Tyndall, but she's wrapped up, can't quite get rid of it. But she somehow does. Finds O'Day, who kicks it straight out, looking for O'Connor on the far wing. Marsh was in pursuit of the ball with O'Connor, but O'Connor with the little bump to make sure she can't grab it, and will have another boundary throw in just before the centre wing on the outer side. 15 and a half minutes into the second term here on RSN Carnival. The umpire settles himself. Takes a long time to hurl it back into play. Now does. Perfect throw in. Why it took so long to throw it in. He perfected that. <laughs> Pierce shovels it out. Tyndall bounced awkwardly for her on hands and knees. Was able to get it out. Lauren Pierce is now taken into the turf. Umpire calls play on. It ended up in the hands of Stratton who got it across to her teammate who sends it in the oh. Macintosh direction. Takes the mark, 45 degree angle, about 40 metres out. Cecilia McIntosh showing us what she can do, Katie Lambeski. Excellent, just strong arms, outstretched, pulls it in, fantastic. And a huge kick to come as well as half-time draws closer. Just to give Collingwood that little extra buffer to make it to give them an 11-point lead. 
The former mugger puts it towards the top of the square. Pack collides. A lot of Darabin players flew for the ball. They were able to get a clearing kick, but the Magpies have set up really well here. Shyla Marsh will look to go back in the McIntosh direction, who takes the mark in exactly the same spot as her last shot for goal, Katie. Once again, really a real attacking throw. You don't necessarily associate that with Cecilia McIntosh, a really hard-nosed defensive player, but she's gone forward and she's already having an impact. Coming in for the kick, she might send it to the top of the square. Malloy running past was ignored. McIntosh, again, up and under kick, falls at the exact same point as the last kick. Meg McDonald takes the mark at the top of the defensive goal square. McDonald with the kick. She looks to go central to Guerin, who takes the mark on her chest and plays on quickly. Looks to switch to Callanan at the 50 on the outer wing, close to the boundary, but she managed to pick it up, but it will be out her kick. Just on the half-back flank there for Collingwood, but half-forward flank for Collingwood, I should say, and we'll have a boundary throw-in. Only two minutes to go in this second quarter. If Collingwood score here, you'll think they'll have a good buffer heading into the second half. Boundary throwing goes up. Hines gets it. Guerin, she roves the tap but is immediately wrapped up. So the umpire will say, I will have it. And we'll have a throw in. Center wing. Hines with the tap down. We've got a free kick coming out of the stoppage. It'll go the way of Chloe Malloy, who I think was being held or pushed out of the contest. So she will get thrown. She's been getting plenty of attention for the Darabin midfield today. So not surprising to see her come out with a free kick in the stoppage. She sends it straight into the forward 50, finds Stratton in the pocket, who tries to centre the ball, but it finds the boundary line looking for Whitford. But instead will have a boundary throw in in the Collingwood uh, forward pocket. Only a minute left to go. Plenty of time for Collingwood to get another score on the board if they can, but it's been a hot footy down there. Plenty of pressure from the Darabin Falcons. Ball goes in. Hines v Pierce. Hines with the two-handed tap. Stratton trying to hit it with pace, but overran it. Guerin with the kickoff towards the boundary. Malloy can't quite get it, but Buck and Sheep's able to get it. Edwards, captain for Collingwood, gets it out to Darcy. She sends it in, but it will find Aliso Day on the heart back flank for Darabin, who sends it in the Asa O'Connor direction. She's spoiled by Darcy by Collingwood. She overruns it, and it hits the boundary again on that outer wing, just close to the centre. And so Collingwood can't quite capitalise. 30 seconds to go in the second half, leading two straight 12, 1-1-7 to Darabin. And no score added in this second term. It's exactly the same as what it was at quarter time. Ball thrown back into play, centre wing out of side. And I don't think we're going to get a score either. Up and under kick. Goes down the throat of Exxon. She's still centre wing on the outer side for the Darabin Falcons. Holding things up as the siren sounds to mark the end of the first half here at Victoria Park. As we just said... No score was added in that second term. Collingwood still two straight 12, leading Darabin 1-1-7. Around the grounds at Tin Alley, the Bulldogs in firm control against Melbourne University. They're 5-2-32, leading the Muggers 2-1-13. Just having a quick flick through some of the goal kickers. Bailey Hunt, Brooke Lachlan, Ellie Blackburn, Deanna Berry. Lachlan's actually got two. 
Greaser for the Muggers has got their two goals so far. Meanwhile, here at Victoria Park, Lucy, who's got our goals? We've got Chloe Malloy with the first goal of the game and just the one. Cecilia McIntosh also with the one for Collingwood Magpies and for Darabin Falcon with Esther Honeybin with the one goal for them. No goals added or scores added in that second quarter. Rain holding off, just wind picking up, so expecting a wild wild and wet second half I think here at Victoria Park. How did you see the game in that second quarter, Katie Lambeski? Really tough. Um, really t- neither side really able to gain and an real ascendancy to really put a score on the scoreboard. Uh, Collingwood had more of the ball on their forward line, really dominated territory which is half the battle but you need to convert your opportunities and I don't think they did that quite well enough. You need to be looking more into the centre particularly when going forward. A lot of chances coming in in that far pocket area, area in, in near the Sharon stand so Lots, a lot on the line in the second half, and it's, it's all set up to be a cracker. Certainly is. Two straight 12 here at Victoria Park. Collingwood at the moment leading, but it's not convincing. 117, the Darabin Falcons, they're hanging around. It's going to be an entertaining second half. We'll bring you that on the other side of this here on RSN Carnival. It's a Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Match of the Day. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. Come and see the bigger, better Bayswater Jayco. Check the brilliant range of caravans and campers, new and pre-loved. There's finance to get you on the road. Repairs and service from the experts, including insurance work and an accessory shop with all the essentials, gadgets and extras. Bayswater Jayco really has got it all. All you have to think of is where to go. Bigger, better Bayswater Jayco. Canterbury Road, Bayswater. Meet the Main Exchange Hotel, your World Cup venue. The biggest games on the big screens, including all Socceroos matches. And if you love your AFL, you're just five minutes walk from Etihad. The Main Exchange Hotel, corner Burke and Spencer Streets, City. This is what you might have missed on RSN 927's Racing Pulse. Ashlaw with 63 kilos carries the grandstand, a huge win. Jamie actually said that he just surged like he had 56 or 7 when he when he got to their outside and he said he just floated when he hit the front. The Irish Derby may well have a flow-on effect for the Melbourne Cup Carnival. It's going to be an all-brain finish, but who's going to win it? Matt Robe is going to win it for Donica and Joseph. Aidan O'Brien, you're, you're in trouble, my friend. Donica and Joseph are going to outdo you. I knew that a long time long time ago, uh, Brian, so I'm, I'm going to go gracefully. With Latrobe's win, will we get to see him come out for a Melbourne Cup? He might get too much weight. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? I'm always keen on the Melbourne Cup. The standout performance uh, in the record books is trainer DK Weir, who, with a month still to go, has already surpassed his Metropolitan record. Interesting what Matty's been saying. You've got too many horses. Don't listen to him, races, Don't listen to the horses. And there should be a cap on the amount of horses you can train. Oh, I don't listen to much that Matty says, to be honest. <laughs> in studio, Terry Bailey, not the chief steward, the race caller. I started calling when I was about eight years old. I'd have an old Tandy cassette player. Yeah. And I get the Daily Telegraph, and I get the form guide out straight away, and then I'd sit there and I just keep recording race after race. Extending, Sergeant, kicking, extending. There you go, hundred and forty-five dollars. 
under Toby Atkinson. Give me a horse and a live chance. We were constantly going into the race, so it's fantastic. It's not going to be surprising to see out of 20 Melbourne Cups, five of them won by Japanese and seven of them won by Europeans and the rest won by New Zealanders and Australians. They have decided to run Saracen in New York this weekend. Ultimately to the sword dancer in an all-going-well Breeders' Cup turf. Emma Stewart has been rewriting the record books when it comes to harness racing in the state. Saturday, obviously, we had this massive Emma Stewart juggernaut. I'd like to take a couple home, so, uh, yeah, fingers <laughs> crossed. We have a, a little bit of luck and we can keep it rolling. Is Mick Floyd getting carried away, or is Tornado Tears potentially the best greyhound we've seen in Australia? Uh, he's getting completely carried away. <laughs> <laughs> racing Pulse, the heartbeat of Victorian racing. Weekdays from 8.30am on RSN 9.0. The Country Footy Show. Hi, it's Adam White joining Paul Daffy every week with all the scores, all the news and most importantly all the great stories around country Victoria when it comes to bush footy. Port Arlington have struggled in the Ballaroon for a long time but they defeated Geelong Amateurs for the first time ever. Trainer Rod Smith. Is it true that you were really emotional after the game? Yes, and others were crying when they saw him went and you think yes, they've finally done it. The Country Footy Show goes up as a podcast every Thursday afternoon at rsn.com net.au. It's on your radio at 5am every Friday morning on RSN 927 and replayed at 5pm Fridays on RSN's digital radio channel Carnival in the Melbourne area. Hi, I'm Lane Beachley. Cartridges for Planet Art just had its biggest year ever. On average 13,500 printer cartridges were collected every working day and they were all turned into useful things like pens, garden beds, even road surfaces. So thanks to everyone who recycled from home, work or school. To make the coming year even bigger, check out cartridges.planetart.org. It was a huge week on The Breakfast Club. Here's a little bit of what we did. Take a listen. Francis Leach is over in Russia. And the party's going strong. I'm sort of at a bar. I'm the periphery of Red Square. Hey, everybody, for Australia, Russia. Rodney Ede. Sydney play, Eddie had really well. Sydney defend turnover better than any team in the competition and was sliced at times. And I think what Richmond were able to do showed that they are just a bit ahead of the rest. The Boomers in the Philippines, the game finishing in the third quarter because of an all-in brawl. We're lucky enough to be joined by Anthony Moore, who is Basketball Australia's CEO. Were there genuine fears for their safety? Our players uh, and coaching staff staying on the playing floor because that was the safest place for us to stay. When I'm talking to my chairman and team management and, and you know, saying, look, we're actually in fear of our physical safety, so was it, you know, what sort of nice the atmosphere was last night. Max Gorn joins us in the studio. I don't sit there after St Kilda and go, oh, here we go again, we're about to lose 15 in the road to St Kilda again and start another I don't see that, and I don't see players getting ahead of themselves during the week or on game day with any of their actions. So I don't see that. We just lost to a good team. Saints brought a ferocious attack on the ball, and we couldn't match it. It's a Hawthorne in the sanctum as Isaac Smith joins us. All you got to do is make it this year, I reckon. Richmond, obviously, the standout team, but other than that, I reckon you could throw a blanket over everyone. So as long as you can finish in the top eight, then I reckon it's anyone's game this year. For those that aren't aware that Adam Ramanaskis is Cyril Rioli's manager, what can you tell us? Simply, it was just time to go home. This is not just a decision that he's come to over the last couple of weeks since he's been away. This has been a, an ongoing discussion between Cyril and myself.
himself and his wife Shannon now for a couple of years. Simply the last time when he came home, it was really difficult to get him back on the plane. You know, he was just like, I just don't want to come back this time. Brett Delidio. How much better is that for your mind knowing that you're not too far away? Once you start getting back running and doing a bit of ball work and you feel a hell of a lot better about yourself, it's a long road at the start. You can't really see the light at the end of that tunnel, but feeling good now and looking forward to hopefully you know him next week. The Breakfast Club, 6 till 8.30 weekdays on RSN 927. Thanks to the tab. We love a bet. This is the BFL Women's Match of the Day. This is the Swiss Wellness VFO Women's Match of the Day on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, the RSN Racing and Sport app, and rsn.net.au. It is half time here at Victoria Park, Collingwood 2 straight 12, leading Darabin 1 1 7. It's an interesting second half coming up. I keep looking at that western sky, and I am not confident we are going to steer clear of the rain this afternoon. But it's it keeps weird. tricking me. Yeah, it keeps tricking you, and it's weird because you see a little bit of blue skies over there and a bit of patches. So I think we'll get the rain in patches, which is almost worse in a way. Just wanted to buck it down or not at all. Don't give me <laughs> no, no. a little bit, then dig some blue skies. Lucy, we don't want it to buck it down. Yeah, <laughs> well, true. We're yeah, all going to get wet. Uh, Katie Lambeski, that was a hotly contested second quarter of football. Both sides periods where they dominated possession of the football but they just struggled once they got it to the half forward region neither side was able to capitalize and it's almost like both of them are missing that key target up forward to provide a bit of direction and central focus which would play straight into the hands of Hannah Mouncey if she was selected in the Falcon side. Yeah I really think they're starting to feel uh, her absence at the moment is just not quite panning out for them. They're the good news is their work rate around the footy is is really living up to it, is really standing up. So they're still very much in the game. Only five points the difference. So big second half to come, as we know. But, again, a lot of stuff between the arcs. No no side really able to get a stranglehold on this game. Really hotly contested. I think that's more because they're evenly matched. Wind kind of played havoc as well as we um, kind of touched on as it picked up a little bit more. But... Yeah, I mean, if, let's hope, let's hope this weather, just, this wind just kind of stays down a little bit. We can have an evenly matched game. Otherwise, whoever uses that breeze the most, whoever can kind of capitalise, might get the chocolates. Some of the stars for the Collingwood side, what you mentioned during the call, Lucy, Chloe Malloy up against Nat Exxon for most of that first half was was an entertaining battle. Malloy started the game on fire. It was like she had no one on her. It was running off, roving everything out of the middle, kicking the ball forward. Lambert's been impressive as well. Sarah Darcy has been constantly around the contest. Stratton, impressive. The list just goes on for, for the Collingwood side. Oh, yeah, it does. Collingwood, they're just... As we said, it's sort of they have a real depth of players where they may not have experience like Darabin do. A lot of their players are playing a good standard of football, which is really nice. And I think also that culture thing that we spoke of at the start of the game is really coming through. If you don't have enough experience, everyone sort of, they trust each other and they know know that people are going to give it, that the girls are going to give it their all and where they're going to be and the options. But... We see Collingwood set up really, really well when they get it in their forward 50, sort of around the 50 arc to try and keep it in. And I think Elise O'Day and Astro O'Connor, the two probably most experienced heads in the Darabin lineup, have tried to overcome that by switching the play. Uh, but often they don't have the players in that sort of mid-forward, sort of just beyond the half-forward uh, half forward region to 
connect it into the forward line. So, you know, Darabin, they need a few more of their, a few more players to start stepping up and getting a bit more of the ball. Don't think they're getting too sort of, uh, you know, worried about the players like Lambert and Stratton and Malloy and trying to defend them and not take on the game. So it'd be good to see a few more players to Darabin take on the game and really try and uh, bring it bring it to the Collingwood players. Cody, you're Jane Lang. Who would you be looking for then to step up for the Darabin Falcons? Because, yes, we've as Lucy was just saying, we've, we've seen the O'Connors, the O'Days. Callanan's been impressive. Tyndall, the skipper's been impressive as well, getting a lot of the football. But you almost need to, someone to stand up and take the game by the scruff of the neck. I'm looking at Meg McDonald. She's yeah, had a very absolutely. good season to date. Has been pigeonholed inside defensive 50 for most of the game today. I reckon let her loose. Give her a run on the ball or even a, on the wing, pushing forward. She can create something, a bit of drive, a bit of energy for the Darabin Falcons just to break the line because at the moment Colin yep. would have got a, a, virtually a wall across half back. Let her set the team up. Let her be that centrepiece to kind of spring attacks off. I mean, Lauren Pierce, yes, yeah, she's been, she has been playing forward, but I think you're robbing. Peter to pay Paul in that respect. She's a great yeah. ruck, so you need her in there. The idea, yeah, let's just try get that, f- that focal point target, particularly as, particularly in wet weather and wet and windy weather, as we're about to see now, it's about to fall, but I'm as not, the sun not. shines and <laughs> as the rain comes down upon us now, not ideal, but anyway, either way. I, here we- I, 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 good, good on you, Melbourne. Just yeah. one, we've got rainbows, we've got sunshine, we've got misty rain. We've got wind. The only thing it's we haven't got today is snow, and I reckon that's not too far away because it is bloody cold. <laughs> Welcome to Melbourne. Don't like the weather. Wait 15 minutes. I mean, but again, <laughs> it's a... Oh, wow, this is going to be very... This has yeah. wait, here we go. We've got our gear being protected tomorrow by our executive producer, Pete Holden, here, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and we're going to need it. But, uh, it's Lucy, quite the scene here. Remind us who the goal kickers were before our uh, <laughs> team sheet goes to... <laughs> We've got Chloe Malloy kick the first goal of the game in the opening quarter, followed by Cecilia McIntosh with one as well. And Esther Honeyburn got herself on the score sheet for Darabin Falcons in that first quarter. And you may notice they've only scored goals in the first quarter so far this game. We went scoreless in the second quarter. So hopefully this second half we may see some more goals from the girls but in the wet weather. It looks like it'll probably be a highly contested, slippery football. So trying to protect our equipment best we can. Well, I was um, going to say, you can tell who the, the star of the show is because she's just taken three steps backwards and out of the wet weather. Katie Lambeski and myself are very wet at the moment. I know. We've got to protect the talent here, though. We've got to... Exactly, oh, God. Just, you know, we see her. how it is, Lucy. We see how yeah, it is. We, we know who the disciples are. We know who... Who the almighty God here? <laughs> Debut call. Just, <laughs> just doesn't help, gotta you know. Pre- got to protect the tonsils. <laughs> yeah. half, no. half time here at Victoria Park. It is coming down here at the moment. Two straight 12. Collingwood, who are trying to keep warm in a very tight huddle. Darabin are one one seven. Yeah. These conditions are going to make it incredibly interesting, Lucy. It is. It's going to make it very interesting because Collingwood, they love to hold, to play the ball short options, those sort of 20 metre short kicks into the hands of the players, they love to slow it down and, and find those options so in the wet weather obviously that becomes a lot harder to hit to one, hit the target that you're looking for and two, take the clean mark and possession 
but it could play into Darabin's hands. They've loved putting on the pressure around the ball of the Collingwood players and, you know, working so hard to get it out of the contest. So, you know, I think these conditions will suit Darabin a lot more than they do Collingwood, but Collingwood are also a very, very experienced and well-oiled machine as we've seen so far this season. So it could be very interesting. About to get the second half underway. It is... It's a shower. It is coming down, but it's not driving rain at the moment. To get us underway for the third quarter, here is Lucy Watkin. As the rain tumbles, the ball goes up and high, and she wins the tap. Stratton paddles it to herself. Exxon on her case, but Eliza Hines has pushed her straight out of the way, but Collingwood win the clearance, and it's Colvin all wrapped up, and she'll be told she's holding the ball. It will be given the way of Bianca Jones, a late inclusion for Collingwood. Was playing on the emergency list, but is out here in the middle now. Oh, she goes to handball to Chloe Malloy, who plays on. But the kick into the forward pocket is taken by the Darabin player. He will go back towards the wing to McDonald, who takes the mark nice on her chest. She's going back, looking for an option. She's heading towards the wing, but the kick off the side of the boot finds Hammond, who is taken to ground. Malloy with the little kick inside. Colvin slips, can't get the ball away, and it's taken. And it looks like the ball will be going nowhere, so we'll have a ball up inside the Collingwood uh, forward 50, about 45 metres out from goal. O'Connor and King contested in the ruck. It goes to ground. Christy Stratton with the quick... A clearance, but it's along the ground for Collingwood. No one can pick up the ball in these slippery conditions, and we'll have another ball up inside 50. So far, it's just been played in Collingwood's inside 50 in this first minute and a half, but it's King again with the tap down, and Christy Stratton again winning tap down and the clearance, but it's straight outside out of the boundary, and we'll have a throw in in the forward pocket. For Collingwood, Katie Lambeski on special comments. Classic wet weather footy uh, stuff needed here from both teams. Let's just try thump along. Not too complicated. It's going to be wet underfoot no matter what. We probably have a, a wet footy for the rest of this game. So just let's get direct and let's try push teams back. Wet weather footy, wet weather commentary. Ball <laughs> thrown in. Hurry kick away for the contest for Darabin. Exxon juggling it. Loses it in the slippery conditions. Ball over the boundary line and out of play. In the forward pocket. Darabin are one one seven. Collingwood leading two straight twelve. Early stages of the third term here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. We're at Victoria Park for round nine. The Swiss Wellness VFL women's competition thrown back into play. O'Connor winning it down. Collingwood, or oh, maybe a shove in the back there to Stratton. Didn't get rewarded. Hurry kick on the boot by Sarah King. Collingwood just pressuring it forward. Holding up well there was Callanan, although the kick from her supporting player and Kathleen Rowe goes over the boundary line and over the hill on the full. Almost into the street. It will be a free kick going the way of Chloe Malloy. I reckon on a dry day, no wind, she would be a chance to kick it from this position. She's up against the fence. But considering the wind is coming straight across the ground, the ball is slippery. Look to get it low. Try to hit a target here. Got some leads coming. Forward half is moving pretty well here for the Pies. I'm liking the leads. Malloy 
High centering ball has judged it beautifully. Just fell short on the line. There's a mark that is paid. It will go the way of Collingwood and it will go the way of Cecilia McIntosh, the shortest player in that contest, Lucy. The shortest player in the pack and somehow disputable mark but comes away with it 15 metres in front. That's saying an understatement. McIntosh comes in directly in front, point blank range, gets our first goal on the board. Since quarter time, she's got two. And Collingwood moved to three straight, 18. Darabin, one one seven. Cody, it's a good start for Collingwood to get the third term underway. Yep, played it on their terms, got it forward quickly and didn't really let up. And Cecilia McIntosh getting on the end of that move, miraculously so, finding herself at the bottom there. Fortune on her side, but you take your luck where it comes and sometimes you even make your own luck. So Collingwood... The massive goal in the context of this game just to try and keep Darabin at bay for the rest of this quarter. Four minutes just gone in this second half and we've just reset back at the start and we'll have a free kick from this opening bounce going the way of Elise O'Day. Must have been held out of the contest. She tries to go quickly but the options aren't presenting so she goes wide. Three pies on Astro Connor but she slaps it away. They get it to Williamson, who gets the high kick back into the middle. Lisa Day dropped what she probably should have taken, and Stratton is taken directly to the turf, and it's all held up in the middle of the ground, and will get a ball up just metres away from the centre circle. Ball up, goes the way of Hines, who taps to Malloy with close company from Exxon, but Stratton gets off the handball, tapped directly back into the way of Lambert, gets it to Marsh, who kicks it out towards the line. It's Schleicher. She picks it up, but she's tackled by the Darabin player. Marsh keeps it in just over the boundary, dodges a few players and finds Cecilia McIntosh at the half-forward wing, but she comes off hands and will have a boundary throw-in. So it's five minutes gone in this third quarter. Collingwood three straight 18, leading Darabin Falcons 1-1-7. Ball to be tossed back into play. Umpire settles himself and now throws it in. It's fairly shallow. Neither Ruckwoman could get there. Stratton over the top to Darcy. Centre wing broadcast side. Got it to Edwards. Goes towards centre half forward. McIntosh coming through. Just bobbles in her hands. O'Connor takes her into the turf. Edwards received the handball. Gets it across to Jamie Lambert. Goes inside attacking 50 with the kick. Out the back. Meg McDonald puts a handball into a bit of space for Darabin. Good running down. Pressure though. From oh. Collingwood will get the free kick. Out there is Leah French. Great tackle and great w- reward there, Katie Lambeski. Yeah, always good umpiring to see that. Kind of reward the tackler, reward the team going at the ball. And Collingwood continuing to do that as to go inside 50. French just popped it into the pocket. McDonald underneath it. Couldn't take the mark. Flicks the handball out. Darabin under a bit of pressure. They were searching to get it there to Dieta on half back. Now taken into the turf is Colvin. Ball spills free. Plenty of Falcons around the footy. They shovel it out. Half back flank on the outer side. Now Lambert intercepts. Will send the ball back inside. Attacking 50. Bounced awkwardly for McIntosh who had Cullinan on her hammer. Darabin unable to clear it. Ball bottling around inside, attacking 50. Exxon somehow ended up with the footy. Pops the kick into the corridor. Not great. Sarah Darcy was just sitting there waiting for it. Sends the ball towards the half-forward flank on the broadcast side where Hines takes the mark. 
Looks for options. Will go short. Oh. Doesn't matter because she's getting a 50-metre penalty. It's that protected zone again. It was Esther Honeyburn for Darren Fangens who just ran behind Eliza Hines. But you'd think that she was chasing the player that was sort of running around. But they've given the 50 anyway. Uh, not a fan of that rule, yeah. to be honest, Lucy. And I think it starts to impact on games. And I think it just might hear us as a big kick for Collingwood. Controversial free kick, I have to say. I'm not, yeah, again, hate to see that happen, particularly in such a huge moment of the game as Hines comes in for the kick. She comes in for the kick, about 30 out. She gets it, thought it was fading yeah. away, but she's put it straight through the middle for Collingwood's fourth goal, second of the term. They've come out strong in this second half, Collingwood have. And after a controversial 50-metre penalty, Eliza Hines just does the rest. And so Darabin looking a bit more out of this game, Katie. Yeah, um, partic- I just can't see them doubling the score that they have at the moment in the last quarter. So stuff needs. So they need to get it together now. St- uh, f- we're almost at the halfway mark. A few more goals, and they might be a sniff for the last quarter. But time running out for Darabin. Yes. Just- so. Just, just around the grounds, 5-2-32, the Western Bulldogs leading Melbourne Uni, 2-2-14. Elise O'Day wins the clearance from the centre bounce. Melanda Schleicher for Collingwood. Schleicher ends up soccering it off the ground for Collingwood, but we've got to hold the way of Esther Honeyman for Darabin. She'll take the free kick on the edge of the centre square on the broadcast swing. She plays quickly, looking inside 50. The mark can't be taken by Darabin. Schleicher knocks it out. Grant... She holds up play, but it gets out somehow to burn. Finds Collingwood. It's all wrapped up. Elise O'Day with a strong tackle on Grant. Almost a throw there, but Exxon ends up with the footy. Gets it, gets it back to Hammond, close to the boundary. She gets the handball off. Finds Grubb, who's held up by the Darabin player, and there will be a ball up just a by the boundary half forward for Darabin. Nine minutes thirty played with Collingwood leading four straight twenty-four to one one seven Darabin. Hines dispossessed. Umpire calls play on. Gearin up and under kick won't go the distance. Umpire waving the arms. O'Day underneath it just punches the ball towards the boundary line, and it will be seen over and out of play. Ball still on half forward. Hines very unlucky not to get a free kick there for hold, for being held onto there after the. Well, contest had ended. She was held and also received a shove in the back well beyond the boundary line. Make of that what you will. Throw in. Half forward flank on the broadcast side. Collingwood with a healthy lead. O'Connor got a fingertip to it. They're still battling. O'Connor just paddled it in front of herself. Opportunity for Whitford for Collingwood. Puts the ball up towards half forward. Taking it on the half volley. Jones has time to gather. Wheels out. Gave it to Bucken. Wide kick towards the half-forward flank on the outer side. Coming out to meet it was bottom wing Webster for Collingwood. Over the top of it, shoveled the handball out. Bucken hovering, unable to do much with it. Tyndall in there for the Darabin Falcons. Ball spills out of her hands. Emma Grant, hurried kick, gets it to Jones. Half-forward flank on the outer side. Toe-poke kick inside, attacking 50. Goes past Cecilia McIntosh. Did well to hold things up. Got it across the grub. Oh. Snapped it on the boot. Player in the goal square. Kicks the goal. Collingwood in firm control here at Victoria Park. They moved to five straight 30. Darabin 1-1-7. One, one, 
And unfortunately, we don't have a number three on our list. <laughs> the phantom player for Collingwood kicks the fifth goal there. Send Pete off on a mad dash <laughs> to find out who number three is for Collingwood. But you were listening to the VFRW match of the day on RSN Carnival. Katie Lambeski's special comments. Can't be leaving players like that unmarked at this at this stage of the game. Still on the line, you're still a chance at it. You cannot be leaving players alone like that. Aliso Day again wins the clearance from the centre bounce, sends it straight inside 50. Exxon can't grab the ball off the ground, but it gets out to Schleicher, who looks short for Bucken, takes the mark on the broadcast wing, plays on quickly. Williamson puts the pressure on, but can't get it. Bucken towards the inside 50, and a strong mark taken on the halfback flank for Darabin. Switches play, but ooh, almost cut off. Arthur O'Connor wins the ball off the ground. Hot pursuit, Meg McDonald gets the ball into the centre. Lauren Pierce goes after it. Malloy ends up with the ball for Collingwood, but she's beset a bomb by Pierce. All wrapped up, and the umpire will say we will have a ball up just at the edge of the centre square at the half forward for Collingwood. Out of hand, some Elise O'Day finds Malloy, who gets the ball towards the 50. McIntosh, excellent pick up off the half volley to Bucken, who dodges one, dodges two, gets the kick towards the top of the 50, but French can't take the mark, and it falls to O'Day. Elise O'Day brings the ball to the broadcast side. Simpson was infringed. Umpire calls play on. Handball comes out to Darcy. Close to the boundary line. It's swatted out of play by Rachel Hibbard for the Darabin Falcons, cutting over the top of Bianca Jones. We'll throw the ball in, half-forward flank on the broadcast side. Collingwood leading four straight, 24 to Darabin, 1-1-7. We've gone 13 minutes in the third term here on RSN Carnival. Nicole Hildebrand is number three. I thought she looked a little bit familiar. Former mugger. Yeah, former Brisbane player as well. It was... Made the trek back to Melbourne. Strong tackle from Hildebrand there, but play gets brought to ground. It's out to French. He pops it on the boot and the bounce just to the left, and it's in for a behind for Collingwood. So they keep their first behind of the day. So they're 5-1-31, leading at Darabin, 1-1-7. Katie Lambeski, special comments. All Collingwood at the moment. Um, Fortunately for Darabin, Collingwood just have it on their terms, have it locked in their half. Their frontal pressure is really setting them apart, really keeping them in the game, really having them in front. High kick towards the centre wing, broadcast side. Slicer was able to cause a bit of an incident. Astor O'Connor <laughs> coming through. It's the best way of describing it. Hammond under pressure, got taken high. Oh, and there's a bit going on. There will be a 50-metre penalty. In fact, it was Hammond that infringed. The free kick is going the way of Sarah Darcy of the Collingwood Football Club. Just stepping up just a little bit here, Katie. Darabin needs some sort of reaction. They need to get some sort of spark going, trying to fly the flag a little bit there, but the best answer is kicking, on, kicking oh. it on your boot getting it forward. Darcy kicked it inside 50, fell short of McIntosh, lost control of the footy, Falcons... Have numbers, Tyndall, oh, she's clamped and gone. And the free kick is going the way of Leah French around the grounds. Western Bulldogs 6-3-39, leading Melbourne Uni 2-2-14. That game at Melbourne University, minor score. Meanwhile, here at Victoria Park, the second one for Collingwood. They move to 4-2-26, the Darabin Falcons 1-1-7. 
kick out from Meg McDonald, finds Hildebrand on the paint in the uh, half-forward flank, but her kick, she sort of was spun out of it, and so it's gone out on the full. So Gardner for Darabin will take the kick in here on the half-forward boundary. Short kick, doesn't find the target in Colvin, bounces, finds its way to Edwards for Collingwood, who dances through traffic, but is taken by Nat Exxon. And what we've learned from her AFLW career is if you're going to run into Nat Exxon, you're probably not going to come out. Also, she's like a brick wall. And we also learned she's very good at styling a mullet. That, that is true. That's one of her best assets, I think. Through the hands of Byrne for Darabin. And she'll be penalised for a throw. So it goes to Christy Stratton on the wing. She goes inside 50 looking for McIntosh, but she's muscled out of it by McDonald, who will take the kick on the half-forward flank. Goes wide to Tyndall. Takes the mark in front of Biden wing Webster. She now hits up Astor O'Connor. Pumps the ball forward for the Darabin Falcons. It was a piercing kick. Doesn't come off to their advantage. They're taking it was Hales. Will end up back in the hands of Astor O'Connor. Centre wing out of side. Gets it across to Exxon. Hurried kick on the boot. Will land well. Half forward flank on the outer side for the Darabin Falcons. They'll enter 50 through to Tet. Goes... Up in the contest, unable to take the mark there, was Hammond. Ball off hands, Lambert cleaning up for Collingwood. Sends it straight down the throat of Bianca Jones. In the middle of Victoria Park, will kick the ball wide. Bouncing ball on the half-forward flank. Meg McDonald will get there first. Chloe Malloy harassing, was able to get around her. Ball in the direction of Callanan, has time to gather it. Pops a dinky kick on the boot and hits up Jamie Lambert on centre wing broadcast side for the Collingwood Football Club. They lead 4-2-26, Darabin 1-1-7. We've gone 17 minutes in the third term here on RSN Carnival. It's kind of indicative of the way Darabin have gone this quarter, just not quite working out. There's too many turnovers and it's on Collingwood's terms. Lambert found Malloy towards the boundary and she goes long towards the half-forward flank, ends up in the hands of Stratton who gets it to Hildebrand who finds McIntosh who goes inward again. The mark not taken by the Collingwood player and she's almost elbowed in the face by Meg McDonald who gets her, her handball back to the Darabin player. The Shepherds on car and oh, thrown over the boundary but the handball gets to O'Connor to Exxon. But we've got the whistle blown here, and it seems there'll be a free kick for Darabin, I think, for that sling tackle by Chrissy Stratton. And O'Connor will take the ball. She heads back down the wing, back towards Exxon, who takes the mark on the half-forward flank. She's looking, 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 but it's quite darted. Kicks into the man on the mark, which is French, but gets it back. Kicks it up the line, but it will be intercepted by Darcy for Collingwood on the centre of the broadcast wing. She goes behind to Lambert. And she gets it off quickly. Almost tackled. O'Connor drops the intercept mark, but plays on anyway. Goes inboard oh. to Darabin. Great pinpoint pass to the Darabin player in the centre. Keeps running. Gets it back, but drops the handball, O'Connor. Whitford can't get it. Knocked off the ball. Marsh, she's wrapped up. She can't get rid of it. And the umpire will say, let's have a thought ball up. As we talked about with Megan McDonald playing defensively, that was perfectly set up for her to be that target. They had in a great position and she's gone to waste because there's no real target to kind of rally around and it's really biting at the moment. Special comments on Katie Lambeski. We've gone 19 minutes in the third term. 
Up and under kick inside 50 for Darabin. Need to capitalise. Under a minute left on the clock. They won. Ambert. High kick out of defensive 50. Was searching out there for Leeson. Ball off hands. Darabin with numbers. Here's Meg McDonald. Goes towards centre half forward with the kick. Was pinpoint. Tyndall takes the mark oh, and will get a 50 metre penalty. area again. So, no bloody rule. Three 50 metre penalties, three protected areas there. So. And. We don't have a time clock here at Victoria Park, so Tyndall, I'm assuming, doesn't know that we've got less than, uh, what's that, 25 seconds left on the clock. So she's brought to the top of the goal square. Important kick here for the skipper of the Darabin Falcons, puts it through and gives them a bit of hope heading towards three-quarter time here at Victoria Park. They're 2-1-13. Collingwood 4-2-26, an incredibly five important two. kick in Sorry, the context Pops, of the game. It is 5-2 because yeah, I've two. forgotten yeah. one of the goals. Yeah, so 5-2 Collingwood, 32, <laughs> leading Darabin 2-1-13. Are you sure this is the first time you've done play by play? But no, Collingwood definitely, with all of the run of the play there, lucky for Darabin to get that goal then in the final moments of that third quarter. Guerin almost with their best chance a few seconds before that, but was a bit too casual in taking the mark and dropped it. But I think Darabin ended up a bit lucky there. Goal kickers so far. We've got Chloe Malloy with one, Eliza Hines with one, Cecilia McIntosh with two, our mystery player, which was Nicole Hildebrandt, with one. She took that one straight in the goal square. And the two goal kickers for Darabin Felton are Essendon, Esther Honeyman and Kate Tyndall just on the three-quarter time siren. This is, of course, the VFRW match of the day on RSN Carnival. Collingwood currently leading the Darabin Falcons at Victoria Park. We're going to quickly take this opportunity to take a break, and when you come back, you'll be joining us for the final quarter of the game at Victoria Park. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. The Country Footy Show. Hi, it's Adam White joining Paul Daffy every week with all the scores, all the news and most importantly, all the great stories around country Victoria when it comes to bush footy. Port Arlington have struggled in the Ballaroon for a long time, but they defeated Geelong Amateurs for the first time ever. Trainer Rod Smith. Is it true that you were really emotional after the game? Yes, and others were crying. When that siren went, you think, yep, they've finally done it. The Country Footy Show goes up as a podcast every Thursday afternoon at rsn.net.au. It's on your radio at 5am every Friday morning on RSN 927 and replayed at 5pm Fridays on RSN's digital radio channel Carnival in the Melbourne area. You can talk with Father Gerard Dowling. Welcome to the Family Councillor Program. It's great to be with you wherever you are. We all need a helping hand. It's always great to come in here, spend these two hours with you as you listen. And a friendly voice is just a phone call away. Ian's on the line. Hi, Jared. The Family Counselor Program. We all need someone to talk to. Sunday nights from 10. Heaven is a place on earth. On RSN 927. Am Presented by Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. RSN 927 rolls out more Victorian trucks news and more Victorian Greyhound news in our new 10am reports. 10am Tuesday, the week's Victorian Greyhound news in Off the Leash. Wednesday, the statewide trucks update, one out, one back. And Thursday, the ID18 update as Victoria welcomes back the Inter-Dominion. More trucks, more doggies, part of RSN 927's new 10am reports. Catch them live or later on podcast. 
This is the beginning of the Lexus Melbourne Cup Tour to England, to Ireland, New Zealand, South Korea and across Australia. RSN 927 is following the tour, bringing you the people who have made Lexus Melbourne Cup history. But Vintage Crop has got him. Vintage Crop, the Irish horse will win the Melbourne Cup. And the fans, excited to engage with one of Australia's most iconic sporting trophies when the Cup comes to their town. I just think it's fantastic that something like this can come to a small town like this. Following the Lexus Melbourne Cup Tour on its 2018 journey. Yeah! RSN 927. Talking Horses with Joe McKinnon. We're working our way towards the breeding season, talking about new sires and the old favourites as breeders look for the edge. Plus, our watch on the big results from the northern summer and we'll keep an eye on the equestrian world. Talking Horses, Sunday from 7am on RSN 927. Presented by Darley's 2018 Stallion Roster. Now including four-time Group 1 winner Ribchester. Bring your dream to life at darley.com.au. Meet the Main Exchange Hotel, your World Cup venue. The biggest games on the big screens, including all Socceroos matches. And if you love your AFL, you're just five minutes walk from Etihad. The Main Exchange Hotel, corner Burke and Spencer Streets, City. This is the BFL Women's Match of the Day. Is the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Match of the Day. Round 9 action from Victoria Park here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, the RSN Racing and Sport app and rsn.net.au. Three-quarter time and it sees Collingwood 5-2-32. Darabin with a slight whiff, 2-1-13. Pivotal goal on the siren there, Katie Lambeski from Kate Tyndall. It gives them a sniff, more importantly, and may... Help that may help them spark and hopefully, for their sakes, get a couple of early goals and just to make this into a game again. Big, big task on their hands to, to just about double to just to double their score to try to get back into this game. But have to favour Collingwood at this point after a great third quarter. But Darabin alive, just they've got a pulse but they need to get it cleanly away from the opening contest, Lucy. Definitely, definitely. To keep themselves in this game, they'll need a goal very, very early in this last quarter. But I think Collingwood were just a bit too strong and, for and the you feel, Falcons. And you feel Collingwood need to do the same thing to snuff out that, oh. that opportunity. Yeah. Final term about to get underway here on RSN Carnival. The umpire just waiting for everyone to get off the ground and quick shout out because that is Ryan Webster in the middle uh, officiating which is uh, the son of the great friend of the program Barry Webster, Barry Bulldog uh, notice he's floating around here today as well so day to Barry his son is about to get us underway for the final term here on RSN Carnival and Lucy Watkin will get us underway Hines won the tap down and it's held up by Malloy who tackles Exxon who had the ball so all held up just beside the centre circle. So we'll have another ball up. Hines again wins the tap. Taps it behind her towards the wing. In pursuit was Marsh. She picks the ball up cleanly for Collingwood. She's dispossessed. Pierce dispossessed as well. Tyndall. She's the third one to come up with the ball. But she's all wrapped up by three Collingwood players. And we'll have another ball up. Edge slightly closer to the wing. And we're on the, the edge of the centre circle. Hines third time with the tap but it's roved by Guerin high up and under towards the Darabin Falcons goal it comes off hands hits the deck 
and it's held up again. So we've moved slightly further up the ground, but still on the edge of the circle. Exxon will come up with the ball and give it to the umpire. Again, we have a ball up, but this time it's Pierce who gets the tap down, gets it directly to the 50, but we've got a free kick coming up, going the way of Collingwood. So she goes towards the wing, looking for Marsh. Callanan put in the effort to get it away. It goes off hands, hits the deck, gets the ball, but she's almost slung out of the boundary by Emma Grant. So one and a half minutes gone this first quarter. Tough footy, a contested footy. No score yet. Boundary throw in, centre wing, broadcast side. Pierce up against Hines. Hines wins the tap down to Hildebrand. Wax a high, hoping kick on the boot. Falls into vacant space. Centre wing, broadcast side. Jones got there first. Applies a great tackle. The umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. That was a fantastic tackle there from Bianca Jones. Kathleen Rowe just getting up a little sore from that one. You can understand why. Lauren Pierce wins the tap down. Dieta is taken into the turf. The umpire should call for it once again and does. Still centre wing, broadcast side. A bit congested to start this final term, Katie Lambeski. It is, but you get the sense that really favours Collingwood. and Don't have to do too much. Just try to see this one out as much as, uh, as, much as you can. Hurried on the bird. Chloe Malloy threw it out. Emma Grant up against the boundary line is taken over by Lauren Pierce. And we'll throw it in. Back on the centre wing, broadcast side is Collingwood. 5-2-32, leading Darabin 2-1-13. Two and a half minutes gone in the final term, Lucy. We'll have a throw in taken just by the interchange gates. Pierce gets the tap down behind her. Grant tries to slap it to her own advantage, but it ends up in the hands of Honeybin, who's dispossessed. Chloe Malloy gets the clean possession. Was almost run down by Honeybun, Callanan. She stops the ball inside 50, but King overran it with McDonald. She couldn't get it. She was dispossessed, and Guerin running in was taken high, but they take the advantage of Darabin Falcons and go up the line, searching for O'Connor. She can't grab it. It's Darcy and Lambert in pursuit, but Burn for Darabin keeps possession, drags it in, and is tackled by Lambert, but will have the ball up. Wasn't deemed holding the ball. So towards the wing, broadcast side, Hines with the tap, but it's straight to Guerin. Wins the clearance into the forward, into the Darabin forward 50. Slapped away by Schleicher just inside the 50. But a clearing kick by Melanda will only find Exxon, who slipped and took out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's... It was a hard one because she sort of and, slipped and then... And Exxon went to take the free kick too. <laughs> but she tripped up McIntosh. She got the handball off to Lambert, who'll send it straight down the middle of the ground. She finds French, who marks right on the 50 at centre-half forward. She'll go back, looking to lower the eyes and find a thing, but she goes to Lambert, who then goes to the hot spot, looking for Hildebrand. She went up in the contest against three Darabin Falcons, and Darabin will get it out. Whitford paddled it backwards defensively, finds Edward, who spins out of a tackle but can't come away with the ball. Rose her own ball, handball, slapped away, finds Exxon, but she's dragged off it by um, Grant. Oh, and we've got a high tackle. The Darabin Falcons player in Hammond slipped and was taken high, so she'll kick it out of the 50. 
Up and under kick towards the centre wing. Came off hands. Marsh will send it back inside, attacking 50 for Collingwood. Bouncing ball. Rowe gets it across to Tyndall on the half-back flank. Oh, her kick, not the greatest. You'd expect better from one of the experienced players. Mark taken out here by Ferguson. Goes wide with the kick to Marsh. Attacking side of the broadcast wing for Collingwood. They lead 5-2-32 to 2-1-13. The kick inboard comes to Darcy. Wheels around on the left boot. High ball inside 50. Through the hands there of Colvin. Mopping up Meg McDonald. Booming kick outside defensive 50. Schleiser went up for it. Couldn't bring it in. Ball is trapped in the middle of the ground. Eventually spills free. Collingwood with numbers, up and under kick. Marsh sitting underneath it, got punched out of her hands. As support in Stratton, lost control of the footy. Tyndall goes to the deck, Exxon hovering over it, couldn't collect it. Malloy now will get it across to Emma Grant. Centre wing broadcast side. Her handball inboard, not the greatest. Picked up by Tyndall. She gets a hurried kick on the boot, doesn't go the distance. Elise O'Day under all sorts of pressure, got the handball across to Honeybun. Goes towards centre half forward with the kick. Out the back, Darabin under pressure, keep the ball in front of themselves. This is Batoni, puts the handball into vacant space. Diera is caught, ball spills free. Simpson hovering for Darabin, traps the ball in. Comes out the back of the pack, hails. Gets it across. Collingwood will clear defensive 50. Emma Grant taking the mark on half-back. Emma Grant taking it just on the paint of the back 50 for Collingwood. Looking for a lead up the wing. So she goes long, but off the hands of Hines for a boundary throw. And lucky Hines got the hands to it because it could have been out of bounds on the full. Collingwood 5-2-32, leading Darabin at 2-1-13. Either team yet to score in the fourth quarter. Seven minutes played. The boundary throw and comes in. The tap finds her day. Couldn't get the hands, but sockers it off the ground anyway. It doesn't go too far. And Marsh is all wrapped up in the middle of the ground, but it's going to be given holding the ball. The Must have been held in. So the kick will go to Darabin, but it's handballed off to Astro O'Connor, who goes along into the forward 50 for Darabin. Can't find the target or a mark, but Collingwood get it out. Grant finds it, dodges one, gets the kick out towards the boundary. Stratton running onto it, but so Day that will get there first. She goes back inboard, but Cecilia McIntosh and Callanan are there. Neither can get the ball, but it's Astro Connor who mops up on the wing. Handball, can't find Simpson. It's still inside 50 for Darabin. Schleicher stripped of the ball. Marsh goes to ground, but somehow gets it out to Stratton who kicks it straight up the middle. And it finds the Collingwood player, but it's off her boot, and it finds its way to Gardner for Darabin, who kicks it up. But we've got a free kick that'll go the way of Georgia Hammond for Darabin in the centre of the ground. Quickly around the grounds, Tin Alley, 6-6-42, the Western Bulldogs leading Melbourne Uni, 2-3-15. So Hammond, she goes straight into the 50, and the mark will be paid for Darcy, who will look to switch the play to the other side of the ground, finds Grant in the back half, opposite, outside wing, I should say, sorry. She goes back looking for an option, finds her target, who will once again go back and up the wing, plays on on the outside wing. Lambert, with the ball now, takes the bounce, keeps running, goes the short option, but it's picked off by O'Day on the far side. 
So O'Day on the half-back flank. Chips it short to Astro O'Connor. Centre wing out of side for the Darabin Falcons. They've got to get moving. Eight and a half minutes into the final term. O'Connor gives the handball off to O'Day. High ball towards Lauren Pierce. Punched out of her hands by Sarah Darcy. Pierce did well. Gets the handball back to Elise O'Day. Goes inside attacking 50 with the kick out the back. Is Nat Exxon. Wax it on the boot, but it's across the face. And just sneaks through for a minor score. 2-2-14, Darabin moved to. They still trail Collingwood 5-2-32. Nine gone in the final quarter, Katie Lambeski. It's been better from Darabin. I thought they've been really attacking-wise. They've actually put some more initiative forward. They've, you know, but it hasn't quite shown on the scoreboard, but it's been a better effort. But might be a little too late. Schleicher with the kick-in for Collingwood. Goes as far as Stratton, but it only finds her feet. And she... Wraps up the Darabin Falcons player who mops it up. So we'll have a ball up just inside 50 on the half forward flank for Darabin. Astro O'Connor just punches it towards the boundary only as far as Emma Grant. Couldn't pick it up, so he soccers it off the ground. Darabin with the numbers, but Stratton ooh, goes straight for the taped knee as she hits the deck. So the trainer running out for Chrissy Stratton now, who just went to sort of pick the ball up as it bounced but slipped and it just reached straight for the knee. She's still lying on her back, looks in all sorts of pain, Whitford and Grant hovering over her. So it doesn't look good for Chrissy Stratton there. A couple of big injuries today, Katie Lambeski. Yeah, real costly at, at, at this time when, you know, finals aren't too far away and to, you don't want to miss any any footy at, at any period. It doesn't look good at all, though. And they're calling for the stretcher. So that is, that is not good news. Of course, we had earlier today Siobhan Hogan going down. We understand she was trying to test the knee on the boundary line following her incident. Um, so not a great result for her. And now this for uh, Collingwood, not mm. great. I suppose the thing that's also worrying for this is that Chrissy Stratton had knee surgery just before the AFW season last year, just after she was drafted. So went into that AFW season knowing that she probably wouldn't play for the first few rounds or have a very solid pre-season. And as we've seen now, she's gone down and reached for that taped knee. So not good signs for Stratton if it's if she's re-injured that knee. Yeah, thoughts are with her. We've got our fingers crossed for the best possible result. But, yeah, hard to be too optimistic at this point in time. So the score here at Victoria Park currently stands at 5-2-32. Collingwood, Darabin, 2-2-14. The uh, clock continues to tick, 11 and a half minutes as Stratton is being brought from the ground on the stretcher. Round of applause from the crowd as she comes from the, the ground. Disappointing. Holly Whitford with some well wishes for her teammate as she's stretch it off. Same with Chloe Malloy goes over there. Not quite the Richmond sort of event that we saw got, we saw against Sydney, but still good to see teammates getting around their injured uh, yeah their injured teammate. But the ball has come up on the half forward flank for Collingwood. It's tapped away by Hines, but it only goes as far as O'Day, who kicks it forward. And it will be a boundary throw-in. Sorry, inside Darabin's forward 50, I and should say. Stratton with her hand over her face as she's just coming past our broadcast position now. She looks in a lot of distress. Uh, and I'd say that's tears too coming from the eyes. Mm. So not a great result there for, uh, for Christy Stratton. We wish her all the best. Inside 50 for Darabin, just in the pocket. Boundary throw-in. 
can't be taken cleanly by anyone and the umpire hovering, but we'll say let's have a ball up. So we'll have another ball up inside 50 for Darabin. About 45 metres out on a little bit of an angle. The the hit out completely missed by Georgia Hammond. Took a fresh airy. And once again, held up at ground level. So the umpire says, I'll ball it up again. Inside 50. King wins the tap for Collingwood. Out the back. Goes as far as Tyndall. Meets Guerin with pace. Runs off the pack. Drops it. Picks it up again. But finds McDonald. McDonald is wrapped up by a big tackle by Cecilia McIntosh. She's found her way in the, the back flank from the forwards, but we'll have a ball up. Her usual home there, Cecilia McIntosh on half-back. It's brought back into play. Meg McDonald at centre-half forward. High ball inside, attacking 50 for the Darabin Falcons. They nearly had a mark, wasn't completed. Off hands there, it was shoveled out. King was able to stop it for Collingwood. Ball back on the deck in dispute. Falcons with numbers around this contest. They can't use it cleanly. Lambert whacks it on the boot. Ball dribbling away towards the boundary line on the broadcast side. Chasing after it is Holly Whitford. She's pushed over the boundary line and out of play. We'll throw it in on the half-forward flank for Darabin. They're 2-2-14. Collingwood leading 5-2-32. Approaching 14 minutes in the final term here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. The umpire throws it. Back into play, O'Connor up against King. There's a whistle and a free kick going the way of Collingwood. Meg McDonald also in the push of the back of Chloe Layton. So it's hurriedly given off to Lambert. High ball towards the centre wing broadcast side. Off hands. Chasing after it was Whitford. Ball spills free. Eventually, it's a clearing kick in towards the middle. Marsh ran over the top of it. Has support. And they eventually get it to Sarah King in the middle of Victoria Park. Goes towards half forward. Hildebrand took it on the bounce, then lost control of it. Exxon coming in, got bumped off the footy. Collingwood with numbers. Handball just wasn't effective there. King got shoved after... She got rid of it. The umpire calls play on. Now he says a high tackle. It will go the way of Bianca Jones on half forward for Collingwood. So Bianca Jones, half forward flank for the Collingwood. She looks to play on quickly, but decides against it. Lowers the eyes. Looks for the target in McIntosh. Doesn't quite get there. And it's Tyndall, the captain for Darabin, who cuts it off. She goes laterally to Callanan, who just gets around her opponent with some nice twinkle toes, but can only find Schleicher, who cuts it off. She still ends up with the football. Finds King in the middle, but she's got company. Quick kick to Hildebrand. Gets it on the bounce. She does a U-turn. Gets it on the left, and gives a beautiful, beautiful kick to the Collingwood player, who goes to play on, but slips, but still takes it, takes it, gets the kick off. It's... Hey! And she kicks the goal. I can't see the number from here, but it's number 73. Oh, Bynumweg Webster with a beautiful goal for Collingwood. It was almost a disaster when she slipped when she played on, but gets it through the middle for Collingwood. Six goals. So Collingwood leading 6-38 to Darabin. 2-2-14 at 16 and a half minutes into this fourth quarter. Katie Lambeski, special comments. Brilliant bit of play there from, from her. So just to recover after slipping over, just pushing forward and then slotting the ball home to to just about make this a party for the Pies at the minute, who've who took up who 
started quite a bit slowly, but started to push their way forward a little bit and got the reward for that. Took their chances where Darwin haven't, and I think that's kind of been the story of the game. So ball back in the middle. Collingwood will win their clearance. Edwards coming through. Oh, oh. chip shit. Nearly took the head off. Cecilia McIntosh at centre half forward. She wheels around. High ball. Hildebrand swallows it 40 metres out on a 45 degree angle. Very handy addition to have her to call on. It's made her, her presence really felt here for the Pies. Might look to take this to the top of the square. Some good movement by Collingwood here. But plenty of options for her, but she lines up for a kick. She's very confident. Nicole Hildebrand played for the Brisbane Lions. Oh. Oh. Melbourne Uni prior to that. There's a reason why she was confident, because that split the middle. She's got two goals on the board for Collingwood. And they move to 7-2-44. They lead by 30 points. Darabin 2-2-14. 17 and a half minutes into the final term. Fascinating that Collingwood have unearthed two unlikely attacking options through Cecilia McIntosh and Nicole Hildebrand who have gone on and made an impact on the scoreboard. I mean, we know what, we know what they're capable of around the ground, but up four, that to, to go on and take to it the way that they have, outstanding and a, a great, uh, great bit of coaching by Penny Cooler-Reed. So the ball has found it back to the centre. O'Connor wins the tap and it finds its way to O'Day who fends off three Collingwood players to get the clearance. She finds Exxon who handballs off to Colvin who gets the kick inside 50 for Darabin in pursuit only as far as Hales for Collingwood who gets it off to Lambert who'll kick up the line trying to find Bucken over her head but still plenty of time. She's beset upon by a Darabin player out on that outside wing and the umpire will say that's holding the ball. So Darabin with the free kick, I think going the way of, no, not Meg McDonald. She's still back in her back 50. But, yeah, Georgia Hammond will take the free kick for Darabin. She goes along down the line. O'Connor can't take the mark, but still gets it off the ground. Almost a push in the back, and it will be paid, the push in the back on Aster O'Connor. So she'll take the free kick on the outside wing, half forward for Darabin Falcons. You think she'd be looking to go inside 50 now? And she does. Right boot. Oh. Long, booming kick on the hot spot and actually goes through for a behind just through the hands of Georgia Hammond. And so Darabin get their first score this quarter and it's a behind. Or oh, second score of this quarter, I should say, and it's a behind. So Collingwood lead 7-2-44. Darabin Falcons 2-3-14. Almost 20 minutes in this final quarter. Collingwood, oh, Nelly mucking it up there. Jamie Lambert as she brought the ball back into play. Hines sets herself from behind, brought the ball to ground. Off hands, Collingwood have numbers. Spills free. Now there's a whistle. The umpire says a hold. And a free kick will go the way of the Collingwood Football Club. On the halfback flank, broadcast side. They'll come wide. Marsh will take the mark just in from the boundary line. We'll chip it down along the line, looking for Malloy. Was punched out of her hands. Colvin coming through, mops things up, got it across to O'Day. High ball towards centre half forward for Simpson, knocked out of her hands. Oh. And then player taken into the turf was Sarah Darcy. Ball spills free, foot race on. And it's Edwards up against Lauren Pierce. Schleicher arrived for support, got a quick kick away, she'll get the ball back hurried kick in towards the middle, Colvin cuts it off in the middle of Victoria Park oh. she then gets mowed down 
Collingwood to take a free kick. We're nearing the final siren here at Victoria Park. We do have an additional couple of minutes added due to the earlier injury in this final term. Ball comes wide to Chloe Malloy. Takes it in an acre of space. Centre wing broadcast side. High ball. Hildebrand and McIntosh collide. Ball brought to ground. Honeyman gets it out of defensive 50 down the throat of Eliso Day. Eliso Day just on the broadcast flank for Darabin. Gets it wide. The mark dropped by Darabin but she's beset upon by the Collingwood players and tries to get out but the umpire says that's not going anywhere and we'll have a ball up on the broadcast wing just in the centre of the ground. O'Connor and Hines will go up in the rucking contest. O'Connor gets the tap to O'Day but she's immediately tackled by Edwards. Gets the ball away somehow only as far as Darcy it looks like but she is dispossessed. Ball to Honeybun in space. Gets the hurried kickoff towards the boundary. And it's just going to be out on the bounds of the full. Darabin just a bit too casual so far in this fourth quarter. Yeah, um, maybe a little bit downhearted going into it, knowing that probably they weren't going to get it done. But, yeah, not not, en- not enough from them, to be honest. Not good enough. I thought I expected a little bit more, but... Don't take nothing, anything away from Collingwood about this from about this big win about to be recorded for them. So it was Melanda to Darcy, and now we've got the siren, and it's Collingwood playing the first ever women's game at Victoria Park in their club's history. They get the first goal, the history-making first goal in that game, and the history-making first win at this ground. But also Collingwood remain undefeated in the VFLW season, beating Darabin 7-2-44 to 2-3-15 in round nine of the VFLW season. Katie Lambeski, special comments? How do you feel coming out of that game? Um, I feel that Collingwood are a very real premiership contender. Um, Had their challenges, had their moments, but I think they adapted both to conditions and I've just their game style, I think, eventually kind of won out in the end. Bit tough, for, bit tough for them in certain patches. Really tough contest, particularly in that second quarter was a real arm wrestle. But the third quarter has turned out to be the defining quarter of the game. This is the premiership quarter for a reason, and they put they put it on the scoreboard. They got away with it and uh, have recorded a massive win today. Uh, they kicked three two in that third term to just the one major. As I think uh, we're just standing by for one moment. Final score once again, 7-2-44. Collingwood defeating the Darabin Falcons, 2-3-15. Those scores will be confirmed shortly. It is 7-2 on the scoreboard, but they've uh, got my mathematics over there and gone for 45 (laughs) rather than 44. That's why I've got an iPad. And the goal kickers today, we're Chloe Malloy with one, Emma Grant with one, Cecilia McIntosh with two, Hildebrand with two, and Biden Beg Webster with one for the Collingwood Magpies and for the Darabin Falcons. Honeyburn and Nicole, no, sorry, Kate Tyndall were the two goal kickers for their side. So it was all at Collingwood almost all day today at Victoria Park that will now take a break. We will. Oh, <laughs> we <are>. Smooth <laughs> as silk that was. <laughs> but we'll take a break now and it was Collingwood once again, 7-2-44 defeating the Darabin Falcons 2-3-15 in round 9 the VFLW match of the day here at RSN Carnival. 
You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. Nadia Horn and RSN 927's winners. The winners team provides you with informative and engaging form analysis. Mondays, Matt Welsh reviews Saturday's racing. Tuesdays, Warren Huntley and Rob Nicholson with Flemington and Caulfield Trackwork reports. Wednesdays, Dean Lester and Warren Huntley with a midweek preview and every day the table take us through the big market changes. Winners. Weekday mornings from 10.30. On RSN 927. Thanks to Tab. We love a bit. These cold mornings make it hard work getting everyone up and sorted for the day. So imagine if something had happened and you and the kids were suddenly homeless and out in the weather. It's hard to believe, but that's the reality for thousands of people just like us. Help the Salvos provide a hot meal and a safe place to stay, then the chance to start a new life. You can give hope where it's needed most. Please give to the Red Shield Appeal at salvos.org.au. Behind bathroom tiles, under vinyl floor covering and carpets, you might not know it, but homes built or renovated before 1987 may contain asbestos. In cement sheeting, corrugated roofing, almost anywhere. So if you're renovating or doing a bit of DIY and you don't know the dangers, you could be risking your own and your family's lives. Is it my turn, Dad? Are you playing renovation roulette? Find out at asbestosawareness.com.au. You can talk with Father Jared Dowling. Welcome to the Family Counselor Program. It's great to be with you wherever you are. We all need a helping hand. It's always great to come in here, spend these two hours with you as you listen. And a friendly voice is just a phone call away. Ian's on the line. Hi, Jared. The Family Counselor Program. We all need someone to talk to. Sunday nights from 10. RSN 927. Presented by Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. The Country Footy Show. Hi, it's Adam White joining Paul Daffy every week with all the scores, all the news, and most importantly, all the great stories around Country Victoria when it comes to bush footy. Port Arlington have struggled in the Ballaroon for a long time, but they defeated Geelong Amateurs for the first time ever. Trainer Rod Smith. Is it true that you were really emotional after the game? Yes, and others were crying. When that siren went, you think, yep, they've finally done it. The Country Footy Show goes up as a podcast every Thursday afternoon at rsn.com. It's on your radio at 5am every Friday morning on RSN 927 and replayed at 5pm Fridays on RSN's digital radio channel Carnival in the Melbourne area. No matter what your age, most of us played sport when we were young and there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into a corner or even give up your chosen sport and that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate. These are the moments that make sport painful for so many kids and the time has come to stop it. I'm Elise Perry from the Southern Stars and my message is simple. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport without interference. Google Play by the Rules to find out more. This is the BFL Women's Match of the Day. Well, it was the VFL Women's Match of the Day and it saw Collingwood 7-2-44 defeat Darabin 2-3-15. Stick around here on the post-match show. We will have Collingwood coach Penny Kewler-Reed chatting to us at around 4.45 this afternoon. So it'll be providing some great insight into the Magpies who are still without loss so far in 2018. And just a quick reminder, we will be back on air next Sunday afternoon 
to be determined. I'm looking across at the moment during the week because we're just wanting to see how the ladder falls to see which game we will do next week. So make sure that you do check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash WARF radio or find us on Twitter, WARF radio with an at in front of that. Final score once again, 7-2-44, Collingwood defeating Darabin 2-3-15. Let's have a look at... Uh, no, well, we're not having a look at it. Well, we are looking at something oh, that's not great. I, I was just going to say, Coxie, I know I shouldn't be a voice on air today, but it has been suggested to me, and it's part of my thought, to either put to a fan vote of what game we do next week or someone did suggest to me we do Carlton v Weemstown in the morning at Icon Park and then ask the Bendigo Community Station to work with us to do the Richmond-Casey game in the afternoon as a double header. So uh, questions to be uh, answered during the week. <laughs> Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. Lots to come. Food for thought. And, you gotta... and, and, and I'm, being try, I'm being trying to be bribed by Katie to do the Bulldogs-Essendon game while Lucy's bribing me to do the Muggers-Hawks game so she can call another game back-to-back yep. after playing a game of football. <laughs> Can I say, I'm just Wonder Woman, you know? <laughs> oh, no. You, 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 you've done a good job. Just Our job now is to keep the head in the commentary box, not expand out of it. Yeah, true, true, true. true. Yeah, yeah. Lucy Watkin here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Uh, that mystery voice you heard, of course, the captain of the commentary team, Peter Holden, who's been looking after us with all the technical equipment and the garbage bags during the third quarter. Final score, once again, Collingwood 7-2-44, defeating Darabin 2-3-15. Let's start with the Collingwood Football Club. Uh, as you mentioned during that final term, Katie Lambeski, they've got a couple of options, unlikely options, yeah. up forward given Cecilia McIntosh and Nicole Hildebrand. McIntosh, we've seen very much the defensive player, uh, especially during her time at Melbourne University. And Nicole Hildebrand is also renowned for that more half-back midfield role. Both of them predominantly, predominantly forward today, both contributing with two goals. Yeah, and really, it's a really great coaching win now that you look at it from Penny Cooler Reed to do that. I don't know how many people would be expecting that kind of move to be made, but she tried something and it pulled off, and it's uh, really led to a big win. And I mean, that's that's where the coaches and their pay packet these days. So, really positive news to come out of that in more ways than one. Obviously, a huge win at the spiritual home of Collingwood Football Club, the first women's game here. Yeah, outstanding day for Collingwood, outstanding coaching by Penny Cooler Reed. And coming into this game, Lucy, we, we talked about how Collingwood is developing not only into a very good side, but also developing its players and the not-so-famous names. I mean, we can go through Malloy, Darcy, Emma, Grant, mm-hmm. Hines, Lambert, Schleiser. They all play pivotal roles today. But I'm looking at some of the players like Bucken, Hales, Grubb, Ferguson, Melander, Bottom Wing, Webster, Leeton, Marsh, King. They all played their role today, which is something I can say about the Collingwood side that's probably not there across the rest of the competition mm. just yet, apart from maybe the Southern Saints is that, and maybe even Richmond. Every player plays their role to a T in this Collingwood side. For me, that's the reason they don't have a loss on the board so far in 2018. Yeah, I think you've hit it on the head there. They've just they've got a lot of players that you know are willing to. There's a lot of players playing for the team and not playing for themselves, and that's the the key to a good a good side, I think. And I think when you sort of put that against Darabin, you sort of think, well, 
the only names we really called that game were Tyndall, Honeybin, Cullinan, McDonald, Guerin, O'Day, and O'Connor. Sounds like a lot, but there was they're all the sort of the experienced heads of that team. You didn't have those sort of you know the bottom six that a lot of people talk about when you talk about footy. You didn't have that bottom six standing up like you did for the Collingwood for Collingwood. So I think that's where the game was won for Collingwood. The supporting cast was a lot greater than what it was for Darabin. And Katie, that it's not a similar story, but for, for Darabin, we, we, we know that they've lost players during the off-season, but it reminds me a little bit of early last year when they were managing their AFLW players then and didn't have the likes of Daisy Pearce, Katie Brennan, Darcy Vessio playing constantly. And you were concerned about the bottom six players coming up into the side. They just didn't have that same game awareness at the state league level. Today, you saw similar treads of that. It's better, I think, though, from a structural point of view and, and players knowing when to go, knowing when to um, stop prop and maintain composure and possession of the footy. They're just not quite there yet. And for me, there wasn't... Even though you had O'Day... Um, Lauren Pierce, Astor O'Connor, Kate Tyndall, Meg McDonald in the side. I get the sense that if maybe Karen Paxman was playing today, may have added another string to the bow for the mm. Darabin Falcons and may have been enough to generate some of that movement coming outside of the defensive 50 going forward. We know how well she uses it. She's one of the best, not only at VFLW level, but at AFLW level. Best, one of the best in the country. And of course, any any club will miss a player like her but at the same time yet with this new world of AFLW you have to assume that she's just a bonus player you have to not account for her being there all the time and look that's unfortunate but that's the reality that we're in and but it also that, that creates opportunity and I don't think enough of the Darwin players took that opportunity today um, realistically I think Collingwood's as we've pointed out the bottom six stood up there was just enough there to to, to cover the ground as a whole and they get the result as a on top of that. So, huge win for the Pies today. Final score once again here at Victoria Park, 7-2-44. Uh, Collingwood defeating Darabin, 2-3-15. The other game that was running in conjunction with ours this afternoon was down at Tin Alley. Lucy Watt can block your ears because it wasn't a good result for Melbourne University. Western Bulldogs winning 9-6-60 to Melbourne Uni, 6-3-39. That's, um, that's four in a row now for the Western Bulldogs. It's all coming good. A um, few, more, few more additions to the team that have really helped. And again, but the team has lifted as a whole, I think, taken on responsibility, really starting to get a groove into the season. Slow start, granted, but this, uh, this team is finally showing what it's capable of and uh, getting the results as, on top of that as, as well. Yeah, for sure. They're definitely they've definitely built up sort of this to this moment, the Western Bulldogs and you know, with Debbie Lee at the helm, it was always only gonna be a matter of time until they like sort of announced themselves onto the stage. But I think positives for my team, Melbourne Uni, is that we got a few more goals on the board, which is was our struggling sort of where we struggled in our first few games. Yeah, I did notice they pulled a pulled a few goals back. Um again, another another team who has kind of been affected by the new world of AFLW ha- having players depart and it might have a bit up, bit of up and downs but I think this year they can kind of set themselves up for future success. Yep, exactly and, and that's definitely the direction we're heading here at uh, at Melbourne Uni and 
We've got Katie, uh, Katie, we've got Penny Cooler Reed coming up on the broadcast if Pete Holden can track her down in the Collingwood rooms. But great game here today at Victoria Park. And I just want to say, I think the late inclusion of Nat Exxon for Darabin Falcons was a game changer for them. I think without her, the yeah. sort of the pace and the pressure in the midfield could have been a lot worse. Again, a totally different, just totally different dimension to the team. Really aggressive player, not quite a tagger. She offers a lot more going forward as well. She's not to purely pigeonhole her as a defensive kind of midfielder. Isn't quite accurate, so a really handy addition. And yeah, you have to wonder how Darabin fare without her today. Mm, she did a great job on uh, Chloe Malloy today, but also floated forward and looked dangerous going forward because, as we know, she's a very fast and a very strong player uh, up. Well, at Carlton and then now at the Brisbane Lions. So definitely a good late inclusion for Darabin Falcons. But, you know, when you look at the Darabin Falcons list, you sort of think, who who's going to stand up? And Collingwood, they're really setting themselves up for the next AFLW season. But we should say there was that injury to Christy Stratton late in the game on her already injured knee. Yeah, fingers. We have our fingers crossed for her. Look, looked like she knew exactly what had happened, which makes really down. Which makes it like a really sad moment, a really sad note to put on the game. We think have our fingers crossed for the best, and uh, we just hope she we see her out there next AFLW season. And the other player that went down earlier in the game too, Siobhan yep. Hogan for the Darabin Falcons. So a couple of big injury concerns. Hogan, we know, came, walk was able to walk off the ground, but. Um, as Pete told us off air, she was having some work done around her knee area. They were testing out, out the structural yep. uh, components of her knee, so not a great result there for the Darabin Falcons. And that Exxon, she got crunched about halfway through that final term. She then got moved forward, and notice she took a while to come off the ground um, for, for the Darabin Falcons at the end of the game. Sorry, come off the bench, I should say, mm. um, at the end of the game. So maybe just a, a slight niggle for her, maybe just winded after. What was a great game from her too, not initially selected in the side, was uh, initially lining up as an emergency, came into the side and I think was, I know we've referred to the, the stars of the side but she's a name that we haven't referred to too often. Mm, for sure and I think now it's just, Darabin, what can they do now to keep a, keep a run alive? Because I want a bit of a in form coming into this game and they've been dealt a heavy loss and how do you take that like going into next week well it's it's hard isn't it because coming into today I, I felt as if Darabin their last two wins haven't been convincing I, I know they played Melbourne Uni down at Hamilton yes they won I think by two goals or somewhere in that mm-hmm. region from from memory Last week they played Williamstown, and as we saw today, Williamstown seems to be a bit more competitive, but they didn't put those two sides away, which I thought they may have done, considering they've started the season relatively well. Today I thought was an opportunity to really test themselves. It was a good measuring stick in terms of the current top side of the competition, the one that's actually now standing out as one of the preeminent sides of the competition, um, especially on, on paper was an opportunity to test yourself and I just feel that maybe they're two, three, maybe four players short of really matching it with your likes of Collingwood, Hawthorne, Mm. Geelong, 
maybe. Um, Northern Territory, we know, has got that question mark hovering over their heads at the moment as well. So it's it's an interesting season, as I've said multiple times. But I felt as if today was an opportunity for Darabin to prove themselves and uh, restate that they are one of the best sides of the yep. competition. And um, for me, walking away, it was the first time I've seen them live too this season. For me, walking away today, I think... Yes, they're competitive, but they're they're probably more towards that mid-pack of teams at this stage of the season rather than the top sides of the competition, just purely because they're missing that little bit of extra talent that some of the other sides, like your Collingwoods, have. Mm, Yeah, that's for sure. And we talk about a lot about depth and all of that stuff, and it definitely seems to me that Darabin just don't have players that can yet step up into a role or, you know... Will, will play the game to support the, the Aliso Days and the O'Connors and Paxmans when, when she's in the team as well. But, you know, I think Darabin, you know, it's a lot of positives to take out as well. There were times when they were ferocious on the ball. They put on piled on so much pressure for Collingwood, especially in that second quarter. So, you know, you definitely you can take positives away from a loss like this as hard as it may be. Darabin of an interesting opponent next weekend, 12 o'clock next Saturday at Preston City Oval, the Northern Territory Thunder. That's interesting because I reckon they're coming up against the Northern Territory Thunder side that's still a little bit unsettled after the movements uh, a couple of weeks ago regarding their list management. I think that's just, just caught them, not on a hop, but it's just... They were looking as a dominant side, and now you're just starting to question that. They did have a good performance, having said that, yesterday against Geelong. But that's another opportunity for Darabin to really measure themselves. Playing on Preston City Oval that they know very, very well and can play very, very well um, makes that a very interesting game. Yeah, more importantly after today, I think for them it's an opportunity to bounce back. It's another opportunity to have a real crack at what is, I think, a very good team. Um, yeah, NT, I think they might be struggling a bit with the travel. I mean, obviously, recording a good win yesterday, but still, that travel will get to anybody. I think they're travelling every second week or something like that. So, it's an opportunity. That's all That's all it is. It's another chance for Durban to just to reinstate themselves in this competition and to, who knows, hopefully push for a finals berth from there. Northern Territory have played the last two weeks in Darwin. They'll play the yep. next two in Victoria because the, the week after that they face Richmond at the Swinburne Centre, a.k.a. Punt Road Oval, um, the following weekend. So a couple of interesting matches coming up there for all all three of those sides, Darabin, Richmond and the Northern Territory Thunder could actually determine the way the ladder may go towards the end of the season, considering we know Richmond, they lost today against Essendon, but they are a side that was beginning to build some momentum, some confidence, maybe pushing towards a top four spot. We know the Northern Territory Thunder are there or thereabouts, and we're anticipating that Darabin will be able to push again for a top four spot in this competition. Yeah, you'd think they'd be pushing for it, and they're currently fifth, just sitting outside, and I think their probably closely matched opponent that they'll be wanting to knock out of that position is Geelong. So, you know. We're just just standing by at the moment. Next week for Collingwood, just looking at the draw, they have a bye, so they have the week off. Um, So uh, a week off after today's 
history making game. We are just standing by for Collingwood coach Penny Kula-Reed to hopefully have a chat with us, obviously being a historic occasion here at Victoria Park today. They're celebrating uh, well, you'd suggest pretty hard in the rooms, although I do notice that there's a couple of players out on the ground going through fitness drills. We are on air until 5 o'clock this afternoon and a reminder next week is yet to be determined for us. Next Sunday afternoon there are a couple of great games on uh, before we get to those, though, Geelong Cats up against the Southern Saints in the other Saturday afternoon game, that game at Deakin University in Geelong. So another one where the Southern Saints will be hoping to use that as an opportunity to measure themselves. For the Cats, they can't afford to drop three in a row. No, um, but it's an opportunity to get themselves back on track as well. So you, th- you suspect that they get it done again. You suspect that tr- may... At least expect they'll get over the line, but Southern Saints, you don't take that one for granted. I think you're going to be need to be at 100 percent to get over the line there. Uh, we'll preview the Sunday matches in a moment because I believe we are about to be joined by the Collingwood coach Penny Kilderreed. They were victors again today, seven two forty four. The Darabin Falcons, 2-3-15, just standing by at the moment. We'll quickly run through the goal kickers once again. Lucy Watkin. We have Malloy. Chloe Malloy hit the first goal of the game, and she finishes one. Eliza Hines also with a single, and Bidenberg Webster with a single, and Chloe, sorry, Cecilia Mashintosh and Nicole Hildebrand finishing with two. And it was Esther Honeybun and Kate Tyndall who got on the board for the Darabin Falcons with one each. <laughs> We're just uh, <laughs> testing the range here of our, our equipment here at Victoria Park. Penny Kuehler-Reed, do you have us? Uh, here, loud and clear, guys. That's, uh, that's a positive side. Congratulations on a history-making game today for the Collingwood Football Club, the first women's side to play on the spiritual home of the Magpies. How does that make you feel that you were in charge of it? Oh, it's a pretty special feeling and I'm a diehard Collingwood supporter so to be able to stand on this ground and, and be the first Collingwood women's team to put a, a W on the board um, in the history books is pretty special. Uh, hi Penny, congratulations uh, on the win. Um, just how was it? How was the vibe in the team throughout the week? Obviously you knew you had a big, big occasion for the club um, this weekend. Uh, how was the vibe uh, in, in the club throughout the week? Uh, really good question. We came off uh, a really good win against NT uh, in NT last yep. week, and the girls were pretty tired uh, from the travel and also the heat. We um, the previous Wednesday it was frost on the ground, and then we headed up towards um, of of, um, of Australia, and then come back down here to you know the lovely Melbourne weather. So the girls were a bit tired, but. On Friday night, I did a bit of spiel about the history of the Collingwood and sort of what it meant um, to be the first ever female team to lay foot on this park. Um, and I think the girls really took a took a bit of that to heart and really felt the, the strong connection between us and, and what it means for the Collingwood Football Club. Yeah, for certain, Penny, it was a huge occasion for your club and congrats on the win. But I suppose now that you've pretty much knocked off every team in the competition, do you feel like there's a team that you guys can't beat? Uh, I think the only team that we can't beat is ourselves. And we've never really gone out there to win and beat other teams. It was more about improving each week. Um, being on top of the table, we obviously are the hunted team, but it was really important for our girls to understand that it's not never been about beating teams. It's about beating ourselves and how we can improve and keep into our structures and just keep developing week by week. And uh, as you saw, the first half of the game probably wasn't our best half of footy. Uh, put it back to the girls at... Um, half time and sort of give them a 
little rev up and a kick up the bum. Um, and, yeah, the second half was much better. Yeah, you came out strong in that third quarter. And I suppose one thing that I really noticed with your side is very well drilled, know their structures, know how to play, but also seems like you guys have a really, really strong team culture. Has that been a big thing for you? It's been massive. We've um, we started tryouts back in September of last year and we've just been building a list from there. And I think it was really important that the AFLW girls had a really well-earned break. Um, but they wanted to come back because they knew the culture of our side and we just love playing footy together. We've got a really strong leadership group and that just drives that um, team for team and no jumpers left alone type of culture that we're sort of driving here. And they're all invested. We all want the same goal. We all just want to get better. Even even the, the AFLW girls, as you can see, we're playing players in different positions Sarah Darcy off the halfback, Cecilia McIntosh in the forward line. So we're just sort of throwing things around to develop their football. Uh, and that was a really important part. And one of the biggest reasons why we wanted a VFL team was to develop our AFLW girls. Penny, it also looks like you seem to be throwing the challenge to for the mid-tier to bottom-tier state league players to accept some responsibility and take some of the weight of the likes of Jamie Lambert, Chloe Malloy, Sarah Darcy... And you're pro- well, from my eyes, you're probably the best side in the competition that is making use and developing those mid-tier and bottom-tier players. And that's what this whole team was about, was about a, a developing those girls who didn't really get the chance to ever play high-level footy, and now they're playing with some of the best footballers in the country and to push themselves and to be really accountable for their own development. And they can only get out what they put in, and all the girls, are like I said before, they're all here to get better. Um, and we've got a really good coaching staff that are allowing those girls to develop. If they make a mistake, that's fine. Like, that's not what it's about. It's about what they do next and getting to training, doing the skill fundamentals and just keep building and getting stronger and stronger as the weeks come and coming into the back end of the season, we're going to put a really good um, best foot forward and just sort of see where, where these girls can take their footy. Um, Nicole Hildebrand, the surprise inclusion um, coming into this week, uh, just how did you rate her performance? I thought really outstanding to put two goals on the board, a, a nice surprise up forward for you. So, um, yeah, just thoughts on her performance today? Well, she's wearing the famous number three <laughs> back on Victoria Park yep. here, so it was really good to see um, number three being represented. Uh, she is the first time she's ever played forward, um, so she was... I think at the start was a little bit lost in where she needed to be, but I threw the challenge back at her and put her um, as a high forward and got her into the contest, and she really thrived on that, got herself and her hands on the footy, and then she's like, oh, I'm not really good in front of goals. Please don't allow me to kick goals. Oh, I don't know what to do. And then you saw this beautiful mark out here on the pocket and just to sort of pop that in and, and fall over at the same time. So it's just fantastic, and the girls got around her, and that's what it was all about. And she had a great time out here. And like, if people are enjoying their footy, then they tend to play good footy. And uh, just before we let you go, Penny, the other player I want to talk about is Cecilia McIntosh, a player that no doubt you've encountered multiple times throughout your career. Today she played a little different of a role up forward as well, providing another target for you. Yeah, as we all know, Cecilia, she's an elite athlete and her preparation before every game is is why she's so phenomenal. And her ability to play tall or play small, you put her anywhere and she'll just get the job done for you. And uh, again, through the challenge at her, we're sort of short because we didn't have Sophie Alexander playing. So we needed that really dominant target up forward. And, you know, that's what it's all about, just challenging the players to get the best out of themselves. And if they succeed, fantastic. If don't, then we reflect and go, how come? And then try and build on that. But... Yeah, she's a phenomenal player and is, you know, I'm, I'm glad that she's playing for me and I'm not playing against her. 
<laughs> um, just quickly, Sophie Alexander, as you said, didn't play today, kicked four goals last week. Is that management or is there an injury concern there? No, nah, just just management. She's going to give her this week and lucky for us we've got to buy. So two solid weeks off and then um, she'll be right for the next six weeks. And for Collingwood fans out there, are there any chance to see the AFLW skipper pull on the boots for the VFLW side this season? Steph oh, I'm definitely hoping so because I'd love to get her out there and um, have a little run around with the girls because she's doing some really good coaching work. So, again, just developing those players. Uh, fingers crossed that um, her rehab with the AFLW season is going well. And, yeah, I think she will hopefully, hopefully, we're all hoping that she gets in the back end of the season. Well, Penny, we really do appreciate you taking some time to have a chat with us. You always provide great insight into the Collingwood Football Club and in a bygone era, the St Kilda Sharks. So we really appreciate your time this afternoon. Anytime, guys. Thanks for the chat. Thank you. Thank you to Penny Kulleree, the senior coach of the VFLW side at the Collingwood Football Club. A uh, good performance from them again today, 7-2-44, defeating the Darabin Falcons 2-3-15. And as Penny alluded to, they do have the bye next week, which comes at a pretty good time for them mm. there. They, not challenged, but it was a tough, physical, contested game of footy today. And to back up off that next week, I think may have been a little bit of a, a question but to have the weekend off it's a good point of the season too in the middle of the winter for players to, to take a break and maybe go back to the community level and have an impact there. Yeah don't discount the conditions too either. The conditions I think made it really tough at times so really brave of the girls they can rest up now knowing knowing that they uh, have the bye but, and that they've put in such a great effort today so excellent way to mark the occasion of Victoria Park's first female footing game. And uh, Collingwood, after they have the bye, round 11 when they return to action, will face Carlton at Preston City Oval midday, round 11, Sunday, July 22. Quickly look ahead to next week. We've already mentioned Darabin will be playing the Northern Territory Thunder at Preston City Oval. That's midday next Saturday afternoon. The Cats host the Saints down at Deakin University in Geelong. That's 1 o'clock next Saturday. Sunday, July 15, Carlton host Williamstown at Icon Park. Match getting underway at 11.30 in the morning. I reckon about a month ago you would have said Carlton were a lock for this. Mm. I'm, I'm a bit of a flip-flopper at the moment with this game because Williamstown, they almost got over the line against Hawthorne today. They've looked competitive on the score sheet for the last two weeks and they could give Carlton a run for their money. Yeah, I think you said it there. Williamstown, they're sort of finally all gelled together. They're hitting the scoreboard a lot more. So, yeah, I reckon that one will be a pretty good game. Carlton will also be searching for a win. So, can't understate how important it is for Carlton as well to get that win. Yeah, so I guess it's all in the response. Williamstown really running Hawthorne close today, only being defeated by a goal in the last 90 seconds of the game. So, it's all in the response. Again, hopefully they take something from that and can take heart from that rather than feel too down about what happened today so it's all in response I think it's uh, it's all on them another game which is going to be interesting next week given Essendon today had a win against Richmond next Sunday afternoon one o'clock it's one of three potential matches or four potential matches we could be calling next week the Western Bulldogs up against Essendon at Henry Turner Memorial Reserve, the spiritual home of the VU Western Spurs, Katie Lambeski. It's where they started this role. Will it come to an end against a Bombers side that finally has some reward for effort? You're going to need to be on your A game. Our players will need to be to show up and to give everything that they can. And 
I think if that happens, they get over the line. But you can't discount anything from the Essendon girls. They'll they'll, they'll give a fight, and uh, yeah, I think it'll it'll be uh, it'll be close, and it'll be close. But I think we get over the line in the end. I think Western Bulldogs just have like, too much of their sort of star personnel back for Essendon to really run over the top of them. So I think I'd be backing the Bulldogs for that. Richmond will be hosting Casey this game. It's a fair travel for the Casey Demons. Up at Queen Elizabeth Oval, the Ooh. picturesque Queen Elizabeth Oval, up in Bendigo. Match getting underway at 2.30 next Sunday afternoon. Have to lean to the Tigers with that one still. I think despite the loss today, I think they're probably better than what they showed. I think their forward half, can, when it's on, can really, really stretches teams and troubles teams. I think they should get over the line there. I think so too. I, I wonder whether uh, today's loss to Essendon might have been a good reality check for the Tigers, mm. considering they've been up and about in recent weeks. I'd expect to get them the job done over Casey, who seemed to be going OK, but not really clicking. Next, uh, the other game, next Sunday, the final match of the round. This game at Tin Alley, Melbourne University hosting Hawthorne. The Muggers went down to the Bulldogs today by 21 points. Hawthorne got over the line against Williamstown in the last 90 seconds of the game. Match getting underway at 2.30 at one of the traditional grounds of women's footy, Tin Alley. Yeah, definitely one of the traditional grounds, our home ground there for Melbourne Uni. And, you know, as much as I love my team and all of that kind of stuff, I just I just can't see us... I, I'm going to butt in there. Yeah. No biased commentary. I'm not giving by commentary, don't you worry. Can't be, you can't not say biased. our team. We've hung oh, this Kate, is true. Katie yeah, for true. that in the yes. past with, the, with her links to the VU Western Spurs. But I think um, the Hawks have a very, very strong side with, I think, too many experienced heads for the Muggers next week. And so I would expect them to maybe sneak away with a win. I reckon it could be close, though. Before we go off here, I want to say a little something about this, this ground here. I think... Right here we have the perfect AFLW home ground for Collingwood Football Club. The yep. traditional heart and soul of the club, I think, should games be played here, it'll add a whole new dimension not only to the league and but to the Collingwood Football Club. And, um, yeah, it's just... it. You think of the boon that the Western Bulldogs have had with Witten Oval. Teams returning home to their spiritual grounds. Why can't this happen for Collingwood? Again, it's to be, totally, to be up front here... This is not a Collingwood issue. It is a Yarra, Yarra Council issue about fencing. It's a really ridiculous issue that has prevented something really good from happening. I just hope something changes within the next few months so that Collingwood can play here. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you anymore. This, I came to this ground for the very first time late last year. I uh, couldn't believe, considering it is a public venue, how good of condition the surface of it was in considering that it's not maintained as some of the other great grounds. And we have a look at somewhere like Casey Fields yesterday, which, according to the pictures out there, looked like a bath more than a football field. You come here today, no doubt it faced similar conditions, and it looked as dry as a bone out there for, yeah. for much of it. So I couldn't agree anymore. Would love to see more footy. And considering Olympic Park, I believe, is now out of action for the VFL and VFLW. Expect to see maybe a few more games transferred here or Warrawee Park. That just about wraps it up here on RSN Carnival. It is the Round 9 Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Match of the Day done and dusted. The victors again today were Collingwood 7-2-44 defeating Darabin 2-3-15. Katie Lambeski, always a pleasure to have you on special comments today and 
depending on the game next week, we may see you again. Always great fun. Thanks so much for having me. And Lucy Watkin, I still can't believe today was the first time you did play-by-play commentary. That was a superb effort. Um, No doubt, well done. Thank you so much, Coxie, and I had a lot of fun. I think I got over my nerves and did okay, so thank you so much for having me and looking forward to more, hopefully, in the future. Well, so long as you don't push me out of the box, that's the that ends up on the producing role. I'm happy with that. That voice in the background was Pete telling us to get off air. Final score once again, 7-2-44, Collingwood defeating the Darabin Falcons, 2-3-15. Thanks very much for your company here on RSN. We look forward to your company next Sunday, to be determined. Keep an eye on our Facebook page, Facebook Facebook.com forward slash WARF radio or Twitter at WARF radio. Until next Sunday afternoon, I'm Matthew Cox. Bye for now.